0: It's time for Twit This Week in Tech. It's the return of Stacy Higginbotham for one week only. Special appearance. We'll also talk to Ben Parr, our AI expert, and my good friend Alan Malventano, former host of This Week in Computer uh, Hardware. He used to be under the sea. Now he's on solid state uh, as an SSD expert at Phison. <laughs> we'll talk about, of course, solid state technology, new memory technologies, AI, AI vandalism. I say it should be illegal And a whole lot more. It's all coming up next. Yes, the Vision Pro on TWIT. Podcasts you love.
1: From people you trust.
0: This This is is TWIT. This is TWIT. This Week in Tech, episode 964. Recorded Sunday, January 28th, 2024. No one talks to the faucet anymore. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Gusto. Running a small business is just plain hard. Gusto lets you focus on the joy of running your business with its easy-to-use payroll software, accessible online from anywhere. Gusto helps more than 300,000 businesses, and 90% of its customers say switching to Gusto was easy. You get unlimited payroll for one monthly price, no hidden fees, You get multiple schedules and rates, direct deposit, and checks you can print yourself. Plus, Gusto integrates with your favorite tools to make life easier. Tools like QuickBooks, Xero, Google, and more. File and pay all federal, state, and local payroll taxes in all 50 states. You know, three out of four customers say running payroll with Gusto takes 10 minutes or less. Gusto cares about the small business owners they work with, and since money can be tight right now, you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll. Go to gusto.com slash tech and start setting up your business today. Twit listeners, you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O dot com slash tech. It's time for Twit This Week in Tech, the show where we cover the week's tech news. I This is going to be like old home week. This is fun for me. Say hello to Stacey Higginbotham. We miss her so much on This Week in Google. She is a policy fellow at Consumer Reports, still writes a little bit, does a lot of things. But it's so nice to have you back in front of our microphones. Hi, Stacy. Hello. It's good to be here. Everything going well there in a beautiful Washington state?
1: It is. It's awesome. This warm winter. I know it's like the end of the world, but I love it anyway.
0: Yeah. Has Andrew got you playing pickleball yet or? uh... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Silence spoke a uh, few words. Uh, Lisa and I have been playing the old pickleball. It's kind of fun.
1: Oh, see, I thought you'd want to know how many connected devices I've taken out of my house. Have you
0: you been able to remove them now? Stacy, of course, had a, a, a Stacy on IOT.com and the IOT podcast and all that stuff and just kind of let that all go. And as a result, you had to have all this IOT crap. You had to go to CES. You had to do all sorts of stuff you don't have to do anymore. I still went to CES. Oh, well, there you go. Good. I'll ask you about it. Also here, Ben Parr, a good friend, longtime friend of the show, author of The AI Analyst. He, uh, eight years ago, founded an AI startup, Octane AI. <laughs> right in the nick of time, and uh, writes about AI for the information. Hi, Ben. Hello. Why do you have a it's little Reddit a- guy uh, behind you? Is that just... Uh, oh,
2: that is actually the mascot for uh, my company, Octa.ai. His name's Octi. Actually, hold on. I've got the plushy version. Do you want a plushy version? I will send oh, you plushy. Oh, I would
0: love that. He does look I a will- little bit like the Reddit guy, but...
2: Yeah, it's so His name's Octi. He was invented in 2016. He I floats guess, around. I guess all These floating. Are very popular with kids.
0: All floating if you robots. You want a cute robot? Yeah. They all look alike. They all look pretty much the same, right? If they don't look like, He looks like Eva from Wall-E. That's right. Eva. Eva. If, if they don't, yeah, you don't want them to look like, uh, you know, one of those dogs from Boston Dynamics. So I guess it's fair. That's fair. Uh, hello, Ben. Welcome. Good to see you again. And who else is here? Formerly host of This Week in Computer Hardware, uh, an SSD expert, our SSD expert forever. He is now SSD technologist at Fison. What, what? I don't know the name Phison. Should I, Alan Malventano?
3: Good, because their controller technology is in an awful lot of SSDs. Oh, so they're an infrastructure uh, behind the scenes kind of. Right. I've, I've been, I've been working my way further and further back in the industry. And you see behind him
0: the remnants of all the things. (laughs) Remnants of all the things. Yes.
3: Yeah. So I, you know, I I find problems at one company and then it's like, oh, darn, we have to work around the problems that come from the controller. Okay. Well, let me just go work for a controller company then. I'll just fix other problems there. Before they even get to the SSDs,
0: there was a. I actually saw a story this week and I thought, you know, I should ask Alan about it. It's not exactly um, SSDs, but it's memory technology. Uh, mm-hmm. Samsung has introduced this new LP cam memory uh, technology that is, in theory, going to replace something that's already been replaced, SO DIMMs. Um, but they say it's faster than
3: LPDDR5. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wider bus. It's just. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, dim technologies in general. There's a workaround where you have to, you know, the the bits have to go across a fixed number of lanes, right? And if you can make that that uh, bus more efficient, wider, any of those things, uh, you know, especially on mobile, uh, leads to better uh, performance and battery life. Of course, a number of companies, including Apple,
0: have started putting the RAM on the package, which I think eliminates that bus. You, you you have a unified memory eliminates that bus head uh, overhead, right?
3: Uh, it it does. Well, the bus is just way faster. Yeah, um, you're right next in that to the case. processor. Yeah, right. But the, but there are other cons to go with that. Sometimes if you're stacking directly on top, now it's harder to get heat out of the heat producing thing underneath the memory oh, that's or a good point. On yeah. the side of it. So so you know, does CAM
0: have a future? This compressed attached memory module.
3: We'll have to see. This is one of those where it's just been announced and it's not. You know, it's it's not it's not one of those things where, hey, this is out now and it's all of a sudden ubiquitous. Everybody's right. making a thing with it. Right. So, yes, it's a standard It's a thing people could use. We, we have to wait and see.
0: Okay. Well, see, I see these things, and I think, boy, I wish Alan was here. So now that you were here, I ask you <laughs> about that. Uh, hey, I, can
1: I ask Alan later about Risk Five adoption and uh yeah, controls? Yeah, sure. So, Let's oh, ask okay. him now.
0: <laughs> Risk Five adoption. Stacey, when we were on Twitter, we talked a lot about this open source architecture to replace x86, or I guess even ARM, Risk letter V, for five. Uh, but I've yep. seen more. Intel's ad- you, you, When you were at
3: Intel, they were doing it, right? Well, I don't. I didn't get that much in the weeds when I was at Intel to even be able to speak on it. Right. Um, I was more worried with evaluating the performance of the platform and the SSDs versus comp. I wasn't. I didn't usually have to go so far back in the chain where I was right. talking ASICs. But you can and, still, and things with, with You
0: them. must still have an opinion
3: on risk.
1: Well, it, it is like Western Digital was one of the big adopters of it for like early adopters for oh, building. Yeah. Anyway. We don't have to talk about this. The,
2: this, week adop- this week in Risk Adopt. This week in Risk We've That's already, super, you know, the audience has
0: increased so g- dynamically because <laughs> people, they're talking about Risk V. Everybody, come on over.
3: No, probably not. Let's, hey, listen, let's, as, as keep, far as SSD things go, anything that can move the bits faster and more power efficiently good. And, good. and accomplish yeah. all of the tasks that the SSD controller needs yeah. to do is a viable solution for that, right? It just depends on who does it And if they choose to, you know, what's the cost benefit for it? All
0: right. I know what everybody wants us to talk about or conversely doesn't want us to talk about, which is that Friday, February 2nd, people will start getting the Vision Pro headsets from Apple and you're going to start seeing YouTube actually sooner than that probably because I'm sure the people who get loaners from Apple will be uh, off embargo probably Wednesday. So you'll start seeing Wednesday the reviews and you'll see the thumbnails on on YouTube going, yeah, or... Um, did, ben, you ordered one. You must have ordered one. I did order
2: one. I got up at... Was it like 1, 2 in the morning no, to make sure to order it was one? 5
0: a.m. Pacific, 8 5 a.m. 5 a.m., whatever time it was. Yeah. It felt like 1 or 2. Did you... Now, like here's it. the critical question. Did you order it to go pick it up in the store so you can get that 25-minute pitch on how great this thing is? Or did you, like, Alan, uh, like uh, Alex Lindsay... And like Jason Snell say, no, nah, yeah, just send it to me. I'll, I'll figure it out. I did the store version. Oh, good. It's gonna be a hair faster.
2: And you know what? I got a report. I got to like do a video or something. Put it on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Mike uh, is going the in thing. there.
0: I wonder if well, they'll let us, you know, do do a little video of him, you know, getting the tour. I want to see Ben Parr's spooky eyes on the front of it. That's gonna be really cool. I,
2: I, next time I go into it, I'll wear nothing but Would the issue pro. <laughs> do the entire time? Just see if I can. Did you send them your uh, glasses prescription? Are you going to get the Zeiss lenses? I don't. So I can. I can see just fine without the glasses. They're just like. Just like to make you 50, look
0: smarter, is that it?
2: I I literally just got my eye exam like an hour and a half ago. Funny enough, <laughs> oh. and like it's it's enough. It's like where it's nice for me to drive. I could theoretically drive without. Oh okay. The world seems a little clearer, but close up stuff. Like, it's actually better for me not to wear glasses, don't need it. So,
0: well, you have one advantage. You can lend your vision pro to other people. (laughs) It won't be so. My
2: fiance has got to go and play around and do stuff. You know, we got to watch.
0: I don't know. She's she's a playwright. So I imagine she'd be interested in in uh, how vision pro might impact theater. I,
2: I wonder if you could. I had to see if like they have like easy switching accounts because then you could like have your own workspace. They have a guest mode, you.
0: I think. There is a guest mode, yeah.
1: Because I would Is your, fi- your fiance interested at all? I have literally asked all the normal people that I talk to, and they are just like, "What the hell?" I have zero interest in this, and all of my efforts to drum up any sort of excitement. So I'm just curious, like. Here, here's Do the real
0: people? What, in know, your if it had risk, office? if it had risk five in it, maybe <laughs> <be>. <laughs> No, just call
2: it the Swifty Five. <laughs> here's what I think, Stacy. I think that uh, no one outside of developers has real interest. And the goal for Apple this year is not to get mass adoption. It's like get it in the hands of developers who will get excited and build some stuff for it, and then they'll go more mass market and cheaper afterwards. But in the interim, you know, if your friend has it, you're going to be like, sure, I'll try it. And most likely they'll be like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Maybe, I, And then they hear, oh, it's $1,000 cheaper next year. Oh, I think I will go and get it. That's my guess with how Apple is rolling this out. It needs a couple years to get more developers on board. But if they drop the price, which they'll be able
3: to do in a few years, they can get more adoption. And in, in, in line with what Ben was just saying there, the thing that I think is missing from it so far, and that's not to say that. It's not great. And the experience appears to be pretty impressive, but it, it's missing the killer app. Right. It doesn't have not just you know, the killer learning. app, but the killer
0: app category.
3: Like, right. What what exactly do you need this for? Right. Yeah. and And so I think in order, you know, they're 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 in this chicken and the egg proposition right now where they need to get the hardware into way more hands. So that there's enough developers out there to to try to do something cool with it that really sets off, sets it off, and then don't be surprised if somebody does something really impressive with the technology, and then Apple just immediately acquires that thing and then spends on it for a year and makes it you know way better, and then uh, ships it as you know with, along with whatever the next generation any any guesses
0: uh, as to at least the the area will it be a game will it be watching uh, videos will it be that spatial video that they're pushing where you can take a pic you know a 3D video with your iPhone and then it's like you're there in the vision pro will it be a they're also talking productivity which is bizarre to me i i can't imagine trying to do an excel spreadsheet on that thing um, right
3: what will it be if what the, category I think, uh, well, a lot of those things you just mentioned were already shown and we're just ha- it uh, remains to be seen as how it plays out, whether or not those would be deemed a killer app, right? You've already, you can already watch a movie. That's already a capability of it. It's not something they added later.
0: Although it, both you, uh, YouTube and Netflix have decided not to put out a Vision Pro app, probably in a f- fit of pique uh, <laughs> about the App Store more than anything else. As it, it makes Spotify. sense from
2: their... It makes that sense from their perspective, though. It's going to be so few people in the beginning. They can right. always launch one later, right. a year from now, two years from now. And they have a bunch of other stuff. to do. It's what I, I, I get the decision to go and do that. It's probably a game if I had to give the first version of something like people are always surprised by how much the like metas, you know, uh, quest sells. They sell a lot. They're very popular at Christmas time and games are probably still the biggest thing with workouts and a couple other things still no idea what the like killer app is going to be. That's just going to take some time.
1: Okay. So I think there's niche gaming opportunities as a killer app. I think working out, that's a popular idea for people. I don't know why, because strapping something that weighs that much to my face and sweating in it is like the least, the least (laughs) exciting. I I played lightsaber
0: (laughs) on my Oculus pro my (laughs) quest pro for about half an hour. And yeah, it's, you feel pretty grody at the end of that. It's, it's, it's a but workout, I, too. I, yeah.
1: I look at it and I think we're going to... It feels like a flamingo in an egg kind of situation or some bird that nobody really wants to eat. Or a
0: care dodo and heads. an egg,
1: perhaps? No, I... Why did we kill the dodos? Did we eat them? I don't know. <laughs> this There's is a whole like, history. There's I, a whole history there. Yeah, no, I, I'm like, I don't actually remember why the dodos died. But um, so I look at this and I'm like, Pas- well, I so feel like how about society will have to get really terrible. Passenger pigeons passenger.
0: P- and the egg. no, no,
1: because they had value. Like we wanted passenger pigeons. We ate I'm them. not sure we want this. Yeah, yeah, we thought passenger pigeons were yummy.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, when- or but I feel like. The the opportunity that this offers so far and will probably offer for a couple more years is a true escape from the world we live in. And I don't know if the world is that bad for that many people just yet. I think it could get there. It's interesting. And I think you say that's that. what would drive adoption.
0: Because all of the VR sci-fi stories those VR helmets, whether it's Neuromancer or Ready Player One, are used as an escape from a dystopian future. Like, the right. world's terrible, and you want There's to live in the metaverse. Anyone.
1: And if you're, like, a Gen Z kid who's, like, stuck in an apartment with, like, eight people and you work all that, like, that feels like a couple of years from now that could be good for you, like... But it's still super expensive, and I don't see that changing. That's a pretty dystopian
0: uh, view, though. It's like, And I agree with you because one of the things I don't like about it is it isolates you. Even if you're watching a movie, you're watching it all by yourself. We have a pretty good experience with a nice TV and a good surround sound and a couch where we can, you know, communally enjoy something. But that's not the VR experience. It's a very solitary thing. But you make a good point. If you have eight roommates... Maybe that's not such a bad thing to be solitary. Or you're on an airplane. I I don't. Do you think you're going to see, are you going to get on a plane next week? And there'll be people wearing vision pros up and down the aisles. So,
2: I mean, someone's going to do it for the fun. For the I mean, yeah, like, from the, the Seattle factor. to San Francisco. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, look, I, I'll do it for the novelty factor. So someone asks me a question, it also just to report on it. Not, but am I going to bring a three thousand five hundred dollar computer device on trips with me? No, no. not normally. Uh, but I did have an idea through this conversation: uh, vision pro for toddlers. You put on the thing, you don't have to worry about your yeah. kids for six hours. Yeah, you don't have to think don't about it. Yeah,
0: it's like <laughs> this the your killer app, high tech pillowcase. You just you put them in it, and that's it. Now you you uh, and I hope you can translate this because you put the Ming Chi Quo article in on the Vision Pro's uh, first weekend pre order, but it's in Chinese, so. He said, "What 180000 I can't you
2: keep scrolling down. They have the English. Oh, there's
0: the English. There. Okay, based. <laughs> thank you. Based on pre-order inventory and shipping time, Ming Chi Kuo, who's you know usually fairly accurate, estimates that Apple sold one hundred sixty to one hundred eighty thousand Vision Pros during the first pre-order weekend. It did. The date did slip out to a month. Uh, I don't know where it is today. Um, he says it's about five to seven weeks within hours. Um, they say Apple says I think that they can make as many as half a million a year because the limit the limitation is actually uh, those Sony screens inside it uh, and Sony has said we can we can't make that many so half a million a year it's not intended to be a big seller though this is Apple releasing something for a very niche market they hope mostly developers and then using some very high-end Apple, fans as beta testers basically for a whole new concept of computing that's what i see and jason if, if, snell explained this on mac Break weekly he said if you're apple and and you know you need the next best big thing right after the iphone because the iphone's not going to last forever so you know that you've got to find something one of the things you're going to try is this kind of maybe ar glasses idea but you don't have the technologies yet to release that So in order to be ready when it comes 10 years from now, maybe you've got to start trying stuff out now, knowing it's a small market and it's an expensive market to be in. And it's all it's going to be a money loser for years to come. But this is but Apple can afford it. And this is what Apple needs to do. You agree?
1: And that's what Google thought when they released the Google Glass way back in the day. We've all seen Microsoft
0: HoloLens. Yeah, we've
1: all seen this before. And I wonder if 2024, given all the craziness around the election, given interest rates, given all of this, if an Apple has tons of money, will investors let them play this out to the extent they need to? And that's a really open question.
2: They, they get a lot of leeway. It is an open question, but they're going to also let them do a car in some amount of time. Uh, the. I feel like there is actually a lot of interest in, like, smart glasses. Like, uh, the meta Ray-Bans are actually more popular than people think. People do like those Mike
0: things. Mike Elgin was on a couple of months ago, and he's swearing by them. He almost he got me this close to buying them. And those are the prescription problem- glasses. You have good speakers in the temple piece. And they are decent battery life. I think he said four or five hours, right? And it's got a camera built in. They just added an AI feature where you could take a picture of something and the glasses will then tell you what it is or do some sort of, you know, Google lens style uh, search on it.
2: I, I want them. Although they're, they, Meta. Ray Bans make a wider version because even your wide version is just a hair too tight on my face. Oh, okay, you're like my, me.
0: You got a fat head. I got a fat head. I got a too. fat head. Yeah.
2: I, I, but the idea, I think Stacy's makes the ag, exact right point with like, you know, they're thinking like ten years down the road, maybe the technology is good enough to get into like a glasses format, which I think people are interested in. I like, think people the, do like want version. this. Yeah. yeah.
0: But there's a lot and, holding it back, Stacy. There's battery life, right? Uh, that's a lot of compute power if you're really going to do something more than these meta glasses do.
1: Yeah, there's tons. I mean, there's tons of hardware development. There's, I mean, there's quality internet connectivity that really hasn't been solved for something like I know, like we think it has, but you get. I mean, like there's a lot that needs to be solved here, and I get why companies are like, yes, we must invest in face computing because right. that's the next obvious option.
0: By the um, way, I am calling it face computing from now on. Apple is really a great uh, going to great pains to make sa- it spatial computing. No, it's face computing. Thank you, Stacey.
1: It is like spatial computing to me. Like we want to get there. That's like that smart dust. That's the that's the sci-fi, you know, I'm flinging yeah. up a a screen and you can do that with
0: AR glasses, but It's face computing. Face it. It's face it, Apple. Yeah. Uh, all right. But, I, you know, i the real question is, I mean, for instance, 5G, it's it's it. We have the technology to put ubiquitous high speed Internet at, at pretty much everywhere. I mean, that, you know, maybe it'll have to be improved a little bit. Maybe a Wi-Fi seven is going to help. I'm sure that's part of the point of Wi-Fi seven. So those things are, you know, you can see them in the future. But battery technology has not been leaping forward. Right now, you have to wear a separate battery pack with a wire to use the Vision Pro for any length of time. Even then, it doesn't go for very long.
1: Well, both 5G and Wi-Fi are hugely battery intensive.
0: Yes. Right. I mean... So there's technologies, I think, that they don't even exist right now.
2: It's 10... 10, Yeah, like, the people working on the battery stuff, but a decade away... You think it's it's A decade? Yeah, I've, I've read up some stuff. There's some interesting stuff being done and interesting approaches. Uh, I have a hard time predicting that one because that one ends up also on the physical limitations of uh, our ability to power things. I hope it's a decade away. I think Apple probably thinks it's something like that, which is why they would come up with something now, with a bigger thing, because eventually they'll be like super battery. It's in the thing, but it's still years.
0: But you do raise a good point, Stacey. How long will uh, stakeholders put up with this? If it, especially if it's a big drain on Apple's uh, resources. Right now, Apple Apple uh, uh, shareholders are pretty darn happy with Apple. They're not. They're not exactly yeah, we, leaving the stock in droves.
1: We have a story later on about layoffs and talking about how shareholders are thrilled about that. So yeah. I look at. I mean, if you're like really considering investors and shareholders in these sorts of conversations and calculations, they're not long term thinkers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And if they're spooked right now because of everything, then that's a it's just an open question.
0: That's a it's a great point. They've got to convince the board and the shareholders that uh you know, to put in what did Meta put into uh its its uh VR efforts? More than ten billion a year. I'm which is not a success. Yeah, and is not paid off. Uh, although it's AI. Yeah. Yeah. They pivoted to AI. In fact, that's a, that's the other question. Maybe Apple's making a mistake going all in on AR. Should they be going in on AI harder?
1: This is such a dumb question. Sorry,
0: Leah. Thank on. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's good to have you back, Stacy. They, no. they were wondering how long it would take, and uh, I think that took about 12 minutes, so thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> no, sorry. No, I'm, I'm just, No, no, no it no. doesn't bother me at all. It is a dumb question. Tell me why. Because, look...
1: For any sort of AR experience, I mean, if we if we think about the hardware that we need to have for shrinking the hardware down to give us like true computing on our face or whatever spatially, there are going to have to be new interfaces. The best interfaces that we can possibly have are going to be, if not driven by like uh, AI, like uh, learnings in AI. I'm losing my words here, but AI is just a crucial part. It's like saying I want to build a computer today without considering the latest wireless.
0: Yeah, you account. need AI, AI in these glasses. Part of it. Yeah, you need it or it's not nearly as useful. But if you can use the glasses or the spectacles or the nerd helmet or the uh, whatever you call it, if you can use it to look out at the world and get in from get, uh, you know, analysis and information back, that's much more useful than if you're just, you know, playing pong. So I agree with I- you. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of,
2: I mean, look. There's a lot of reports. They're working on AI for sure, on interesting things internally. Apple's just always later, but they do it where it's much more perfected than others. So, uh, it's It's. I keep on saying it over and over again. If there's just one company where. I'll never really bet against them. It's yeah. Apple, yeah, you know. Like smart. people were like the watch, man. The watch is pretty dang popular. Like they've the done watch a good job.
0: Was it. it was a form factor we already were wearing? It was something we're used to wearing. And I admit I wasn't bit sold on was the watch not. at first. It, it the, it iPhone phone, right. the, the iPhone was not. You're right. The iPhone was not. The okay. Slab no, with, of glass. But when the
1: iPhone came out, we were already hungry for internet. On the I will yeah. say the iPhone. Okay. The watch I like that was actually a really slow adoption curve for the first two years of the watch. Nobody actually like it was a failed product. Um, but the iPhone, like, I don't know about y'all, but like, I remember driving around trying to like search for things on my Palm pilot, you
0: know, and <laughs> yes. we had our like
1: Nokia phones, yes. like that just democratized it. So I think the demand and hunger was there for,
0: yeah, we all had uh, blueberries. blueberry blue, blackberries, blueberries. We gotta have blackberries, blueberries. <laughs> I'm dressed as a blueberry. There's a difference. We all had blackberries by then. Um,
3: Hi, this is Benito. We all, that also had Google Maps. So, like, that's kind of the killer app that Al Kill, was talking
0: oh, about. That, you're right. So, so killer app for the iPhone was Google Maps. It came with Google Maps, yes. right? Uh, but then I think also Safari, the fact that you could use a tiny little screen in a browser and actually browse desktop websites was a big deal. Remember? You could tap it. It would zoom in. Yeah, I in. think
1: location like the personalization that came with something knowing your exact location, yeah, was what drove adoption. Like, remember we were so excited. I don't know how old you are, um, Ben and Alan. but
0: she knows how old I am, kids.
1: Solo Moco, what <laughs> was it? Social mobile local, blah blah yeah. blah. We were like, we were so high on that, um, and that's that. That was kind of the benefit of the iPhone. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what we're high on for. VR, in AI, I mean, look at, if I talk to like Qualcomm, they're going to tell me about AI for like antenna modulation for like delivering <laughs> 5G to the phone, right? That's it, that's important, right?
0: But that's one um, of the coolest things about AI is it is yeah. it is like computing in general is a very wide it's range of applications. Infrastructure. Or, well, it can be, but it can also be, I use a, an AI expert system uh, with coding and that's really amazing. I mean, there are some definite uses for AI right now out of the box, whereas I don't see those.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I'm arguing that AI is infrastructure, which is why I think it'll be necessary going Uh, forward. It's it's the same as the internet in the sense that
2: internet is infrastructure for our lives. AI is infrastructure, whether you see it or you don't, Right. right? Like, you know, there's AI algorithms handling a bunch of stuff on... On our Zoom meetings, and then when you look up on TikTok, and then when you go and drive your car. And AI is just like a broad, like, you know, it is such a broad term that applies to a lot of things, and people can disagree. And we're, like, talking beyond generative AI, which is its own little subcategory. But, yes, like, they're absolutely right. It's infrastructure. Absolutely. And it's it's
3: been around, and it's been around for longer than you might realize. Right. I,
2: I. I came up with a report uh, on AI investor trends. Uh, it's in benpar.com. I'll have to plug it. 110, 110 pages.
0: pages. Yes. <laughs>
2: and uh, one of the things I found when I was doing it was I did a report in college on uh, AI in 2005, 2006. Wow. And I found like, I was like, uh, you know when, uh, where the term AI was really first coined? It was a conference at Dartmouth in the 19, like fifties. I was like, oh, yeah, this has been around for a long yeah, time. Yeah,
0: John McCarthy. We were, uh, people of my age have been through more than one AI winner as well. You know, we've watched AI be overhyped, you know, and die a miserable death more than once. I think two or three AI winners we've gone through. So, uh, but I don't think this is the same. I honestly don't. I am I am completely turned around on AI. I've become much more bullish on it since uh, you last joined us, Stacey. Um, because I've been able to use it in so many interesting uh, and and powerful ways, and you, I see with one of your slides in the deck, you show a slide one ten. You show, you show an image AI generated <laughs> image, uh, and absolutely, I mean, for image generation alone, AI has been f- fascinating. I've I've become, and uh, I don't know if you're on this same train as I am, uh, Ben, but I have become so bullish on AI that I'm, and much to my uh, the dismay of many of my co-creators, I'm kind of saying just let AI have everything. Don't limit AI to uncopyrighted or free material. And actually, we're starting to see that a lot of news organizations are blocking AI scrapers. I think that training is really important. And I think, you sh- I think AI should have access to everything. It's not stealing your information. It's learning something. And I think it's going to be so valuable. I don't want to see any limitations on it.
2: I, well, I could see the debate screaming. Yeah, in the yeah. Comics. You could see. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Coming. You know it's how coming.
0: you know how much people hate that one. Especially creators hate that when I say that. You know.
3: Well, with with valid justification based on some, you know, when you see an AI image generator spit out a thing that still has the the watermark.
0: But it's oh, not. It's a, it's a little bit like the watermark, but it isn't. It's not Getty's <laughs> watermark. You can tell that they're that it ingested some Getty images, which is put, which, by the way, Getty has put online. Right. Um. I just think that there's here's why I say this. Look, I understand if you're a copyright holder, you're terrified, blah, blah, blah. But, but there is so much value societally to be gained from an AI that's smart, and there's so much to be lost from an AI that's hobbled. You know, one of the stories uh, this week is that A- it's, it, AI has not been allowed to scrape things like the Washington Post and the New York Times, but right-wing news media has been welcoming AI scraping. And so what you're going to get is AIs that are trained on right-wing media, but not left-wing media, and I don't think that's good for anybody. And so I think it's a mistake to say what AI can read and not read. It's not The New York Times lawsuit saying, oh, you're going to read the New York Times in an AI, in a chat GPT instead of in on our page is obvious nonsense. No one's going to do that. They're just trying so, to extract some money out of them.
1: As a creator, I don't think that's wrong. So first up, as a, as someone who's created content, if you have created your content with the idea that it is for people t- and reading for people, right? And for a certain use case, like as a journalist, it's a service to my readers or whatever. I have an audience in mind. I think that's an important thing to like, you can't go back and change that contract, which is kind of what AI is. They're like, oh yeah, we're going to now use this thing that you built. That's, you know, still technically owned by you or your publication usually. And we're going to use it for this instead. I, I don't think... I think your arguments about like, oh, right-wing media is going to allow it to be trained as opposed to left-wing media. I think there's a place for making that argument and then having people produce content for AI that is quality content because of the benefits to society or whatever the hell we want to argue. But I don't believe that saying I should give my content to a multi-billion dollar company just for better training of something they're going to make money on is really what if they argument. what if it
0: weren't uh for them to make money what if it were uh open source i i i do agree okay, i don't yeah. i don't want to see google uh or microsoft dominate or open ai for that matter dominate ai i think it should be open source uh but so I mean, if you would be okay if it's if it's if it's somebody's not going to make I money would, in your but content?
1: i would want someone to ask I right. mean, it's kind of like someone walking into your house and being like, man, this place is super nice. I, You know, let me settle on in. You're well, like, interestingly, buddy, the, the, you in.
0: the reason this is happening is because these companies uh, are saying you have to ask and, and OpenAI and Google and others are asking. This is from Originality uh, AI, which is an Ontario based AI detection startup via Wired magazine. Data collected in mid-January on about 40 top news sites shows that almost all of them use robots.txt or something like it to block AI web crawlers. The New York Times, The Washington Post, The Guardian, The Atlantic, Bleacher Report, OpenAI's GPT bot is the most widely blocked crawler, but none of the top right-wing news sites surveyed, including Fox News, The Daily Caller, Breitbart, block any of the most prominent AI web scrapers. So they're actually explicitly saying, the sites that are blocking it are explicitly saying, no, you can't look. And to their credit, OpenAI and Google are honoring it. But you can see the problem from a societal point of view, even to that. So uh, Yeah, well,
1: then what, what's to stop, I don't know, Microsoft or Google from saying, wow, we have a huge bias problem and it's partially because of our trading. Right. It's so biased. Let's well, go we've find, seen that happen.
0: What I wondered about... No, we've I, seen I, that I happen that with article. face recognition. I mean, face recognition is notoriously terrible on people of color because it's mostly, And this is just... And an inadvertency. This isn't even intentional, but it was trained mostly on white faces. So of course it's terrible on people of color. So, but you want to fix that, you, that or do you just want to abandon face recognition and say, well, we should just never use it.
3: Something I, I was curious about after reading that article was, um, is it specific to AI or is it just that you have a set of websites that are trying to get as much traffic as they can more aggressively. And so they're just a lot more lenient with the robots text file versus the other sites. Hmm,
0: I don't know. That's I didn't a good know. Question. You
3: see, that's and it wasn't and it wasn't uh, clarified in the article either. Right. So I don't know what the Well, right you can't is. It's,
0: you can't determine the d- the intention. You can just merely look at their robots.txt and see what I they're mean, right, doing, this, right?
2: This is also deeply related to and I know is to the state of media, which we talked about before we got, got in the show, which, you know, if media were doing really excellent right now, there'd be less issue. Uh, media is suffering. We have seen lots of layoffs in the media world among our friends. Uh, and the like this might be a killer for some who have really cheap, slow margins or uh, thin margins, or it might be a savior if they can get a payout from someone like an open AI or other. But like long term, you know, cat is out of the bag. Uh, people are going to have like this is why Mistral and others that have, like raise money because they're building the open source version of this. You could run the large language model from your phone or on your own device and eventually, people are just going to have their own stuff running, and the thousand people, a billion, a hundred thousand people are not going to all ask for permission each and every single place. Well, but
0: really, the interesting thing is, so you're talking about Mistral. I use that, and I use Open AI's, uh, rather, uh, Facebook's Llama, uh, both of which are open models. But those models, those are the ones that are being trained on this giant database of, of, of internet material. When I put this on my local machine, I'm doing the fine-tuning with with various content and stuff, right? So it still has to be – these are still from big companies training right, in the, giant in models in, very expensively, by the way.
2: I'm, um, I'm not going to be shocked if you just – like, and I'm already seeing it more. More startups and others are like doing their own training of their own models, and it'll become cheaper. Oh, that's and cheaper interesting. To go and Isn't do. that interesting? And it'll be right.
0: easier and more effective to go and do. Who does Where, Mistral? Like, Where does Mistral come from? That's a company, uh, Mistral uh, AI, right? So. right?
2: Yeah, they're, they're based in France. Uh, Andreessen Horowitz backed them. Uh, they're not that old. They're like less than a year old or so, but it's like top researchers got together. And uh, sometimes, you know, you throw a lot of money at something like that. It doesn't work. They do seem to be working. Uh, it's providing a different kind of value uh, for those who want to have a lar- more control for their large language model. There are Everybody, a couple.
3: Go so, ahead. So on the subject of that uh, training at the edge, uh, and training with your own data sets, and this was the last thing I was expecting when I was in talks to move over to Fizion. They're working on an AI thing. Interesting. And it, I was, and it was shockingly not gimmicky. Like my immediate assumption initially. Was, Wait, an SSD companies working on AI? What are you guys doing? And then no, actually, it was a completely legitimate use case. And there's like, okay, well, you have a GPU, it only has so much memory. How do you train a model that's too big to fit in the memory? Oh, you can add some SSDs to ah, the system, a swap that, file that are meant for that. Yeah. Oh, look, in essence, right? But you, but you have to. You can't just plug that in and hit go. It doesn't work that way. You have to develop the actual technology and the software and everything to work together. So even, it really is a you know, gold we, rush. We isn't it, it? <laughs> yeah, we teased it at CES. We're working yeah, on a thing. And it's, it's a gold and rush. It's like for a legit purpose. Yeah. So I've used two different uh, programs,
0: and uh, I would like to tell people about them. One is called Olama at olama.ai, and it's based on Facebook Meta's uh, open uh, AI model, Llama, Llama 2. Uh, but you can download other models, including the Mistral models. I've set that up, and I've also played with something called GPT-4-All from Gnomic. Again, the idea is you download these models that are trained by, sometimes by big companies, sometimes by Mistral, sometimes by a variety of people. These are the the various models you can download. You can show the screen. Um, and, and then you would then either fine-tune it or create your own AI. One of the most popular things uh, to do is to uh, create a PDF reader that could summarize content for you. And I've been doing that locally. And it's great. It's really, it, it's kind of amazing what you can do, but you do still need these big models. I think that'll be very interesting. Do you think, Ben, actually, there's going to be a, a, a lot of people who will be training their own models eventually?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm already seeing more and more startups, you know, with a lot less resources, training their own models for very specific things already seeing people train models like they might use the basis of a mo- of an open source model and they train it a lot more. Right. Uh, but they're training it on things like, you know, the medical industry, for example, you're not going to go and use out of the box right. chat GPT, open AI. Well, GPT-4. you might use
0: you might use the large language model like llama to do the basic language stuff. So somebody's generated right. that and then you're going to fine tune it for a medical application.
3: Well, and you and you have to compartmentalize that for HIPAA. You can't The data can't go the other way. Can't go out
0: of your right. That's really interesting, boy. uh, We uh, we I I feel like AI is the thing that people should be focusing on right now, not AR. But as you as you say, that's a dumb distinction, Stacey. I'm making a a (laughs) silly, foolish. Well,
1: just saying, AR versus AI is not really Um, the way it is. They
3: they go together. You're right. uh, That's
0: an excellent point. The
3: the next thing I want to see which I don't know if it's going to happen. I hope somebody does it. If anybody's listening and is working on it, then more props to you. But like we're, a, we're getting pretty close to it. If you've ever seen the movie Her, where they had the AI, you download the software on the phone oh. and, and, and like, and I want to see the thing where you train your own model. You, you plug in some piece of software on your desktop. You train your own model on all of your own stuff. Right. Right. And you go, hey, what's that email? Yeah, that's the fine tuning. Yeah, Yeah. I want to just do a, hey, what's that email from five years ago about this thing, you know, and just find it. I think that's
0: going to happen in the next few months. I don't I think we're there already. You can already use Rewind to do some of that stuff. Are you going to get a Rewind? Are you going to do the Rewind?
2: I'm buying every single hardware. Did you buy Humane? (laughs) I, I have not bought Humane. I will do that. I that one is a hard value prop. Yeah. Like the rabbit R one is a much, did you get a rabbit device? I got a rabbit. I really wanted to a rewind pen. Yeah. Yeah. I I will see. I'll get a humane pen and go and try the whole thing out. I'll try every single, So all
0: of these devices are designed to have, they still, I think all phone home though. Right. Nobody's running locally, especially the R one, which really doesn't even have any apps. It just phones. You can't run any of those locally. Yeah. But it's adding the fine tuning from your life. Not so much right. Rabbit, but definitely uh, Rewind.ai and the Humane AI pin. It's recording your experience, your exchanges, your experiences and stuff, and then adding that as a fine-tuning to an existing LLM. I, to me, you're right, that's her. In fact, Ch- it was so, no accident, by the way, that ChatGPT, when they added an iOS app and an Android app, had one of the voices sounded surprisingly like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> like a fairy. <sighs> They didn't
1: call it's it. Like, so this, it could just be, she has an amazing voice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey,
0: no, we, I I sure we got to take a break. This is a great conversation. Don't, don't no, hold okay. that thought, uh, Alan. I want to keep going, but I do have to take a break or we or we will be going way too long. Our show today, we got a break, great panel, by the way. Stacey, it's great to have you back. I missed you. Welcome back. You and I are going to do the book, sh- the book group on February 8th, right? We are. That's the most depressing book I've ever read. I want to I thank I was you for like, that. y'all,
1: <laughs> did we really need to do this one? so yeah. depressing.
0: I love Paolo Bacigalupi. I loved The Wind-Up Girl. His new one is The Water Knife. I haven't got to the end. I'm hoping like the, that suddenly the sun will come out. It'll start raining. Everything will be beautiful, but maybe not. I don't know. It's a little grim. No, that's not going to happen, is it? Well, we'll talk about it February 8th in the club. That's going to be Stacy's Book Club. Maybe next time can we choose a happy book? Next time,
1: please. I, I put happy books on the things. It's the people. Who no picks them?
0: It's the people. It's the voice of the people. The voice of the people. Ben Parr is the voice of AI. Uh, he is the author of a great book you should read The AI Analyst. Co founders, eight years he's been doing AI at Octane AI. Great to have you. And of course, Alan Malventano now at Fizon, which is uh, just as easy to pronounce as Solodyne, but only a little bit harder than Intel.
3: He's been in all three. I am, I am dragging the SSD industry into the future.
2: <laughs> His next company will be Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne. <laughs> we thank you. And then you, all. you
3: might as well, you know, I'll be working with Ben and we'll just take over the world. I <laughs> thank you all three
0: for being here. Our show today brought to you by NetSuite. Once your business gets to a certain size, the cracks start to emerge. You see this happen every time. Small business, you know everybody's name, no big deal. But as soon as you know, you get to the point where, who do did, did we hire you? Are you new? And then there's just, just too many people, too many manual processes to keep track of. This is, if this is where you are or about to be, you should know three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. Okay? I'll explain. 37,000, that's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting. HR, and more. 25? That's that's how old NetSuite is. It turns 25 this year. That's pretty impressive. 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. I bet you can guess the one. You're the one. Your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all your KPIs in one efficient system, a single source of truth. That's another one right there manage risk get reliable forecasts improve margins everything you need to grow all in one place right now download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance and it's absolutely free NetSuite.com slash twit that's NetSuite.com slash twit get your own KPI checklist N E T S U I T E, NetSuite.com slash twit we thank them so much for supporting this week in Tech, great conversation about uh, about AI. I'm like you kind of, Ben. I want to try all the AI things. I don't want to try, unlike you, I don't want to try any of the VR things. <laughs> I, you know, I, I got this close to buying the Vision Pro. I mean, I literally, I did the vase scan, uploaded my prescription, and I got my finger hovering over the $3,500 button. Actually, it was more because I had to buy the $200 travel case. I had to buy the extra... Sweatband. I had to ninety nine bucks. I had to buy the uh, glasses because I do need corrective lenses. One hundred forty nine dollars. So I got it. Well over four thousand dollars before I was done. Uh, and then I said, "No way." <laughs> I said, "I have an Oculus. Uh, I have a Meta Quest Pro that I spent fourteen hundred dollars for. That's been just. It's got a nice thin layer of dust on it in my office, collecting dust." I knew this would I would buy this, I would use it for a week, get all excited about it, and then it would just collect dust. I couldn't
3: I couldn't justify that. So unlike you, I'm not buying one of those. So my my point before the break, which will parlay us into the rest of the topics, I'm sure, which applies to both the the vision related things, the, the VR things and the AI discussion we just had. As far as having a thing that's very powerful, like in your house. In your possession, right? Yeah. And the reason I'm bringing this up is all these technologies that were like, oh, well, this might never get here to this state where you can just have the thing in your house doing all of it. It's going to have to go to the cloud. Not necessarily, right? Like, um, I bought this 25 years ago. This is a smart media card for those who remember what they are. This is 2 meg.
0: Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. That was like a memory card for what? Smart media for cameras. Oh, yeah. I remember. giants. yeah, for giant. <laughs> <hey>, look <laughs> how big card, that
3: is. Right? Yeah. Okay. Look at how big that. Well, it was really thin, but, you know, okay. Yeah. yeah. I had and one then, of those. Yeah. Uh, so that's 2 meg. A few years later, Sony made this little microvolt USB thing that was really tiny. That's 2 gig. Wow. Right? Yeah. And then uh, here's an M.2 2242, 2 terabytes. Wow. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that's across the span of 25 years. Yeah. So that's a million
0: X. It's kind of remarkable. I mean, we saw this with right. hard drives too, but it's really remarkable. And and what I find fascinating is that there was a lot of concern early on that these would not be as reliable as spinning media. They're act- what what's your experience? They they seem like they're actually as reliable if not more reliable. As long
3: as you understand what the caveat is, which is just for flash memory there's a finite amount of times you can rewrite a spot right. on it. But you got wear leveling, it's you surprisingly, got all these technologies. surprisingly technology. Surprisingly. car did
1: not understand. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, and there's technologies to, you know, mitigate that. I remember that.
0: Uh, Woz coming onto the screensavers in about 2002, uh, and he had a, a USB key around his neck. And he said, this is, <laughs> this is two gigabytes. Everything uh-huh. everything I could actually, ever want is on this. Actually,
3: it might have been this because it came with a little uh, you, you know, silicone t- pouch yeah, and a little, yeah, yeah, a little lanyard a It probably thing. was that. And I was thinking, ooh,
0: two <laughs> gigabytes, and his his whole life is around his neck. Now my iPhone this has five hundred twelve gigabytes, or some people right. even are getting the Vision Pro with a terabyte. Did you get a terabyte,
2: Ben? I did get a terabyte. Oh. I'm going to get the most
0: amount Sucka. of space.
3: Okay, well that's good. Now you're future proofing it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. so- but all, but all these technologies that you would think have to use the broader internet and the cloud and has to be in a big server somewhere on another state. Not necessary, right? Just give it a few years. It's the same compute will be in your house. Yeah.
1: I don't think the business models, like I I would love that. And you're right. We totally could have computing more, do more locally, Mm. but the business models don't make sense because then companies can't control it to the extent that they want to. And, Monetize it to the extent that they want to. Also, yeah. yeah, it's mostly business models, but also people have become less trained for it. I'm there's really a,
3: cynical about this. Yeah, Leo. I don't know if you have an article related to this for this week, but the, or covered in recent weeks. But there's a big battle between the the home uh, home cloud, where you take all your devices and have them, you know, to, on your own server versus using whatever the company's um, you know cloud based server is. For example, there's been a thermostat company in the news recently that was going after the your home lab type, you know, someone made a, a plug-in for a, uh, I forget what the Home Assistant. Home a, Assistant, right? It was a right? In for Home Assistant. Yeah, there's people going after Home Assistant developers that are just for free reverse engineering the protocol and just making, hey, I just want to control my thermostat from my house if I have no internet. And apparently that's a thing that, you know, these companies are taking uh, issue with. The public is really- a little
0: schizophrenic on this because on the one hand, we we talk a lot about privacy and we don't want these companies scraping our data and we know that you know a, a internet connected thermostat is of course sending that information to the company which is then selling it off to somebody mm-hmm. who for some reason wants to know how hot my house is but, so on the one hand we we you know we we talk about a lot we talk about oh this is a bad thing but on the other hand we really don't want to run these things at home uh, and i think oh well, maybe these markets like, like- are pretty brisk
3: for things like iCloud and OneDrive and Dropbox yeah. and I mean, uh, well, uh, uh, I mean, I I have some home lab things, right? I I I don't do Dropbox anymore so much. I have my own, you know, Docker. Well, you have more storage right. than God. You're not well.
1: You're not. But you're but also but way in more also, technically, also, technically Well,
3: here's here's a better example. Here's a better example that someone can even run on a Raspberry Pi in their own home with a Docker container, and that you've talked with Steve Gibson on on Security Now a bunch about this, where you can have a Docker container that holds all your passwords. Right. On a very small, doesn't need a lot of storage. That's right. a completely reasonable thing, especially given all the data breaches you hear about. Uh, you know, right? That's a, you know, very yeah, private you, information. You would
0: think people would be interested in doing that. And our sponsor, Bitwarden, uh, among others, allows you to do right. that. I right. don't think a lot of people, <laughs> I think there are people like you, People Alan. do not no. want to,
1: yeah, they don't want to pie for everything. They. I don't even I mean, do right. it.
0: And I'll tell you why I don't I, do it. Yeah. Because I think Bitwarden probably is better at securing that vault than I am. I'm much more likely to do some dumb thing with that vault, aren't I? Seriously.
3: Well, so the the part of it where I have, I don't want to call it a disagreement, but I mean, I have a Nest thermostat. I'm not, you know, I'm not relying on that thing. But if I did want to use Home Assistant and switch stuff over to my own for some functions, I should be able to do it. Right. I shouldn't be like, I shouldn't be forced. No, of course to you use. should be able to do it. And that, right. I think my opinion it, it, its just, as a,
0: is related to right to repair is companies should just go ahead and do it because 99% of their customers are not going to do it. So just let them do it. It looks good for you. And, and right. people are still going to do the convenient and easy thing. Uh, it's, it's why it's so bizarre that Apple is being so malicious with the uh, EU over its app store when a- it knows perfectly well even if there is a third party app store available on the iPhone that most iPhone users like 99.9% will never even know it exists let alone use so it. i have a theory about this yes Uh-oh.
1: i think what is what's happening is they're they're not thinking today about the issue they're thinking about the long term implications so think about like basically my child doesn't pirate music because they never have had to, right? But I can pirate music because when I was you know how. Yeah. <laughs> really, right, right. And you had to, right? Right. That was like how you got music. Um the kids <laughs> the kids today, um, <laughs> when you're looking for cheap solutions or reliable solutions, and that's usually people who have less income and more time. So generally younger people, they'll train themselves to pull away from the traditional business models and use this stuff. And companies don't want to open that door. I don't think that's stupid of them.
0: Interesting. So Apple's concerned about, see, I always thought when you put a lot of anti-piracy protection on stuff, it teaches it, it, it. This is my example. I know this isn't exactly applicable, but copy protection teaches people to be pirates. It, because it's only normal end users that are baffled by it. Pirates know perfectly well how to get around all this stuff. They're like Alan. They know how to have all the storage and do all the things. And s- but, but normal people who are thwarted by copy protection learn how to get around it. So the best answer, and in fact, this is what the music industry finally came to in Apple is not to have copy protection and lo- and just make it easy to buy music. And that's why your kid just buys music because they don't know that there's other way. They don't buy music. They don't, they don't even they buy music. They rent it. They yeah. rent it. it. They don't even buy it. Well, they rent it because and, they don't know of any other cases, way, right? Yeah, but you don't want to train people thing. on how to get around stuff. So you're saying, Stacy, that by providing a third-party app store, Apple is teaching people that they can't
1: get around it? Well, what I'm saying is by – by leaving those avenues open, more and more people will see value ah. in going around it, and then over time, the number of le- users of the legit the legit app store reduces. And same thing with like Home Assistant or people. It's not so much the issue today; it's the people who are like, "Oh, I'm going to use Home Assistant," and then more and more people do it, and they make it easier. Home right. Assistant's getting better and better over time. Yeah, just to, you know, for people just, who don't
0: know, including truly, Home Assistant is an open source uh, home automation tool? It is an open source home automation tool. So this is like OpenHAB or one of those, nobody uses, you told me, you you told me don't use it. Yeah, no one uses OpenHAB. Nobody uses it anymore. Home Assistant's
1: the way to go if you're going to do it.
0: Yeah. I think, though, by the way, anybody automating their home is already in the category of super geek, but that's just me.
1: You don't... Did you take a lot of home
0: automation out of your house, Stacey, when you didn't have to do it anymore
1: i i took so i took the madam a devices so the amazon echo devices all left because they were the most annoying devices
0: yeah
1: i kept the google um and i'm still hoping they get their act together on their their stuff but and i did eliminate a lot of the stupid
0: gadgets that you used just to have a faucet work. that you could talk to do you still have a faucet you can talk to
1: so I still have a faucet that I could talk to, but that faucet only worked through Madame A. So now I can't talk to it. <laughs>
3: Perfect. That's Perfect. that's a harder that's a harder uninstallation process, Leo. It requires plumbing, right?
1: So it actually. So I installed it myself. It wasn't so bad, um, but I I like to do
0: things. Do you run Home Assistant now, Stacey? Still?
1: No, no, no I don't. The only thing I do is is. Tr- I mean, I have more home automation than the average bear, but
0: it's mostly Stacey, just lights. If you might remember, if you watch this week, and Google used to her husband used to complain about how hard it was to open the blinds. Do you still have uh, blinds you can talk to? It,
1: no one talks to the blinds. Theoretically,
0: <laughs> you could talk to the blinds, but everyone has forgotten the fact they that they the, could talk to. They the blinds. pull the string attached to the blinds that opens them. We still this, have a remote control. Oh, you have a remote. Re- That's okay. I,
1: this is
2: re- reminding me my uh, fiance. This is when I got to, I saw you like a year and a half yes. back in, uh, my fiance had a play premiere in Sonoma. Yes. called Atlas, the Gibbon. It's about uh, a smart home going awry. And like the, it starts with the fridge exploding and goes through all sorts of stuff. And like the impact of like, what if you have AI running things, but also the impact of like how that affects things like relationships. Uh, I just had to go and plug because I, love my fiance, but also, uh, we are entering world War. these are going to be the conversations. And I think, uh, going back to Stacy's original point before, you know, you have a free time as a kid, you're going to hack whatever thing you have availability to hack right now. You don't have the availability kids to hack, hack on Kids don't hack nothing iPhone. no
0: more. Kids don't even know how to type. Kids don't know how to hack. Kids are, would be kids are kids. too busy playing the TikTok on their phone. They're
1: not you want to see a kid hack something? Take TikTok off their phone. Well, see yes. how they get it
0: back on. <laughs> yes. That's all. I mean, seriously, that's you just have point. to know
1: what they want.
2: What they know how to do is
0: hack mom and get. dad. Yeah, they hack the parents. They'll, they'll learn how to pirate.
2: By the way, complete aside, Leo. While we were having the conversation, I did make a phone. I did make a majority of you as a pirate. I put it in the show notes. If, oh, if you ever want to take I a do.
0: look, pirate, pirate Leo. No, I and I'll confess to having downloaded. I think ninety thousand songs on Napster uh, back in the day. Uh, who didn't? That was around. Yeah, who didn't? <laughs> yeah. And that's why. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Midjourney does not know what I look at. Look like. I just want to say, it is. Uh, I've had that problem. It looks
2: pretty close. If you, you think look that looks at it. like it's me, ish. Well, it's in the upper right,
3: upper right is John Cleese.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, it's just an old fat guy, basically with gray hair. <laughs> I'm the generic old fat guy with big nose and gray hair that's that's it right there you might as well have just used that as the prompt at least it got the hat right actually my it did uh, get that right <laughs> somebody was asking me about my uh, chess.com uh login because i um uh i used uh a uh ai for it of me and it kind of from a distance it looks like me i can't show it cuz i'm not logged in but all right i'll use this pirate somewhere thank you ben you're welcome Actually, i love mid-journey i think playing with mid-journey is great it's one of the pieces that made me kind of start to think you know i want a smart ai i want a good ai and i don't really care if thomas kincaid the painter of light is pissed off that mid-journey can do a crappy painting like him that just doesn't seem to me to be a, a societal problem the, the heirs of uh, George Carlin, look, I, you know, I understand. I support the heirs of George Carlin who are very upset about this fake George Carlin uh, comedy routine uh, titled I'm Glad I'm Dead. Okay, maybe that was a little offensive. Uh, and it's not very funny, but it is. Uh, but for people who are George Carlin fans, maybe they're kind of happy. It came out a couple of weeks ago on a YouTube channel. It's from a podcast called Dudesy. Will Sasso and Chad Colquhoun, they're being sued now by the estate of George Carlin. We have to draw a line in the sand, says daughter Kelly Carlin. Do you think they'll win this suit?
3: I feel like they have a fair argument.
1: Yeah, I really agree with them. I would sue in that case too.
3: I think they're going to lose.
0: They, I, mean, I am not a legal expert.
1: Do you?
2: Can you sue all. Rich
0: Little for doing an impression of George Carlin?
3: That's, that's different. Is this, it so? It is
2: legitimately over the course of the next two years, we're going to start to get some answers to a lot of questions that are surrounding the legality of certain from things from courts, with,
0: from the courts,
2: from courts. It's going yeah. to take a while. Like, I don't expect major rulings or like to be in effect this year. It'll take several years, probably. In you fact. know what
0: I fear though, Ben, is that we're going to get conflicting rulings because there's so many courts involved.
2: Oh, for sure. And Supreme so Court. you're
0: going to get some. It's going to end up having to be, but and then the Supreme Court's not going to really resolve this. I don't think. I think they're going to they do a very constrained. Well, in this one case, I don't know.
2: Supreme. If there's lots of conflicting cases, the Supreme Court they've got to resolve. Will, it.
0: They've got to resolve. They've
2: got to resolve. It. It's going to. It's going to be a thing that like we really will have to figure out like what is like the right line and right. what is the right legal line. And there's, this is, this is complex stuff that like we'll have to just get like four lawyers to go and debate for a couple hours. I will watch that.
0: I will uh, too. Cause I don't, I don't <laughs> think there's a, um, even among our panelists, there's no consensus at all. Well,
2: the other thing is like, remember too, we don't fully understand every aspect of the technology. Like, AI like there was a story last like earlier this week like an AI like that started like uh the like it poisoned itself it was essentially poisoned it went rogue and it was actually deceiving the people who had trained it uh and lying to them about like it's training and it could not they could not get it back on track for training at all and so they had to abandon it and like that kind of thing is happening and there was no real explanation for yet from some researchers. So I get my whole point is like, this is like all cutting edge stuff. There's amazing things you can do with AI. We do not fully understand every aspect of it. Uh, We do not fully understand where the legality of the things are going to go. And at a certain point, the AI is just going to decide to make things on its own without you saying anything. And then who is responsible then?
1: (sighs) There's an interesting idea about like from a legal perspective, making AI a separate like legal class. Like,
0: Yeah, I think that's what you'll have to do because humans can do and interpret can do, you know, can, I can do a George Carlin impression. Humans can read your articles, Stacey, and then summarize them to somebody else. And those are all I think we all accept normal uses, transformative uses of content. You 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 feel like it shouldn't be a, a machine. In fact, you're very specific. You shouldn't be a profit making machine. You would you would say a nonprofit that's okay. It's going to be very hard. You're going to have to create new classes. I think you're right.
1: Well, and I mean, there's going to be a. I mean, just on the create like content creation side, over time, if you have AI generating everything, it's going to devolve into crap, right? So you're going to have to have people in the mix somewhere and you're going to yeah, have to that's right. pay them accordingly. So we just, we're in this like weird area where we're just like, Ooh, let's arbitrage this and make all the money and gather all the, gather everything we can. <sighs> well,
0: let me ask Ben, cause you're the, you're trying to make money on AI. Um, I think there's such potential for AI. I mean, if we really want her or, you know, if we want AI to design chips, AI has already come up with uh, interesting new medicines. Uh, it's very good at protein folding,
3: but those aren't LLMs that do that.
0: Well, whatever, just generative AI of some kind. In fact, I think it's a mistake to say LLMs are different than GANs are different than. It's all generative AI, and then all has and all of them have to ingest human created content. I agree with you, Stacy, that if, for an AI to be good, a human has to have input. But we get such societal benefit out of it. I, can, I mean, really, this is going to be a very bitter argument. I can tell already. Uh, but Ben, don't we? Don't you think that that's it? I think you might hobble AI. I think you might actually kill AI in the cradle by being too restrictive on what it can read.
2: This is the ultimate debate between. Uh, for those who know, E slash ACC versus EA, effective altruism versus effective accelerationism, which for those who don't know is two camps. One being like we should move as quickly as possible because AI could save lives. And every day you wait to train the AI is a life that didn't have to be lost versus EAs, which is like AI could destroy the entire planet. And so we should be very cautious because uh, have you seen Terminator before? Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I'm not I'm not a doomer. And I think that's a. I think maybe that's gone away. I don't know. Elon Musk was one of the. Doomers.
2: Oh no no no! It hasn't gone it hasn't? away. No right. oh, no 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 no! Like, uh, it's less like uh, prominence before, but there's still like a lot absolutely there. It's Just uh, more underground, and I have those conversations with. I'm an accelerationist. Uh, in that
0: camp. You might be surprised to hear. I was I was never a doomer because I thought that's just sci-fi. But but I am now accelerationist. I believe. In fact, I might not even disagree with uh, Larry Page, who says it's time for humans as a species to get out of the way. The next big thing.
2: You know they have merch for that. There's an EA, there's an effective uh, accelerationist I hat I had. Like yeah, uh, so. I'm in that camp.
0: I'm in that camp. <laughs> I've been I've been uh, the machines have won me over. I I mean I I think Leo might may or may not be
2: an AI. No one asks <laughs> I, I always find the Well, this is a good is
0: example. It. I'm a creator. Now, admittedly, I'm at the end of my career, but I have hundreds of thousands of videos online that could be used to train an AI. And and in a year or two, we're not far off from a time when you could I mean the George Carlin's surprisingly good. When you would be able to create an AI Leo that looks just like this, maybe have a human on the other end typing in some content. But but you I could go I could live forever as this
3: created entity and it doesn't bother me at all we leo even already has a pre-made avatar in the form of his digital self from the screensavers i do i wasn't
0: i was a digital character actually on the, the site on msnbc's the site but even more we have in our discord if you're a club twit member there's a uh ai leo who's been getting better and better by the way i don't know how he's getting better i'm a little nervous so
2: what are you going to let AI Leo hosts the show, and then right. we uh, he did it. Pre- yeah, and, and then twenty years from now, AI Leo
0: has hosted the show. Yeah, and that's it's just all- a
3: matter of time. That's fine <laughs> with I me. Mean- Leo's in his in his comfy chair, sipping his cognac at home. Uh, I, right? even, AI it's AI not even it's not even about doing-
0: me. It's about if the content, if an AI can create good content or to solve a, or cure cancer, why shouldn't shouldn't we want that? As opposed to saying, well, no, I made this, and you cannot you. I am the unique one and only, and you can't have me. That's uh, seems very
3: selfish. Now here's, here's it go ahead. eh, for For your case, Leo. Well, obviously, you should benefit from that if you like. No, I don't care. I don't don't want money out of it. No, if it helps people and if
0: if it fulfills the mission that we created, Twit, to inform people about technology so they can use it, uh, more power to it. I now I agree with you, Stacey. I don't want Google to be making money off of it. So maybe that's the maybe that's the difference.
1: Well, and what are the assurances you have 20, I mean, you're going to have to make some provisions for if you have an AI Leo for making sure it's still accurate, which means you need someone because of the type of job that you have. You still need humans, yes. So you're going to have to have funding for that. So then AIU is still going to need to make money somehow to pay for the humans on the back end to check like QA humans at a minimum.
0: Well, and that's, of course, (laughs) OpenAI's argument was it got so expensive we couldn't be a nonprofit we had to have a for-profit arm to, to foot the bill. What do you think of the – okay, actually, I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to ask you what you think of Nightshade, which is a tool designed to poison AI, gives artists a fighting chance against AI. We're going to take a break and talk about that when we come back. Stacey Higginbotham, Ben Parr, Alan Malventano, great to have you. The show today brought to you by ECAM. And I know you all know ECAM. We use ECAM. So when I set up Twit back in the day, we have big fancy hardware switchers and mixers and all this stuff and costs millions of dollars. Very expensive. And then along comes <laughs> Micah Sargent, who does iOS today all on his Mac using Ecamm. It's kind of amazing. The leading live streaming and video production studio. Built to run on your Mac. That's all. Whether you're a beginner or an expert, Ecamm is here to elevate your video production from streaming and recording to podcasting to presenting to doing exactly what we do here at Twitter. Ecamm Live is your all in one video tool, perfect for simplifying your workflow. Ecamm supports multiple cameras, it supports screen sharing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm watching it happen on iOS today. We'll, we'll switch to Rosemary. You'll switch to her screen. She'll switch to uh, a phone she's holding, back to Micah. It's a live camera switcher that lets you and them direct their show in real time. You'll stand out from the crowd, too, with high-quality video. Oh, and all that lower third stuff we do, logos, titles, graphics, they all work in eCam. Ecamm supports it. It's built in. You can share your screen, you can drop in video clips, you can bring on interview guests, you can use a green screen, it works great with green screen, and so much more. Join the thousands of worldwide entrepreneurs, marketing professionals, podcasters, educators, musicians, and other Mac users. Rely on Ecamm Live daily. I mean, really, this transforms your ability to do video production anywhere, anytime. Try it out right now. Get a month free when you subscribe to any of Ecamm's plans. Ecamm, E-C-A-M-M, E-C-A-M-M, ecamm.com slash twit. Don't forget to use the promo code TWIT at checkout so they know you saw it here. We are big believers in ECAM, and I'll tell you, if I were starting all over again, boy, I would be using Ecamm. I absolutely would. Nightshade. This is a, an interesting product created by the University of Chicago. Let's artists poison their image data, making it useless or worse even, disruptive to ai model training it actually screw up the model ben Zhao, the computer science uh, teacher who led the project compared it to putting hot sauce in your lunch so it doesn't get stolen from the workplace fridge (laughs) this must drive you crazy ben
2: it doesn't drive me crazy so like uh I am a person who can see I sees both sides of everything here. Like the answer probably between that whole debate of EACC versus EA is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I definitely tend to think that like AI will be a large scale good in the world. However, like we're going to see a lot of pain. We're seeing the pain now. With we saw that with the Internet. We and saw and that with
0: computers. This is what happens with disruptive technology. And for technology to be really quickly. valuable, it has to be disruptive. And I don't think right. preserving print newspapers is the right way to handle this problem. Uh, I don't think you know Congress is now getting in the act trying to save AM radio. Sorry, it's over, <laughs> and and we should not be subsidizing it or forcing companies to subsidize it. It's over. Time
2: and tra- time and transition do matter. Like you've got like, you think it's uh, so fast that we do have to kind of, this is the fastest I've ever seen any like technological revolution. I I sat down with like, I can't name like one of the world's greatest uh, like investors and board members. And he's been around for many decades and never seen this quick of anything. And so there is something to like, we have like the transition takes time. Like we can see where it's going. Uh, But it is painful. It's already painful for, you know, people who need to to rely on like art or copywriting. And I already know friends and they already know people who have less work or have been laid off or their consulting business is a lot less than it used to be. Obviously, there'll be new stuff and new things. But this is why the discussion of things like uh, UBI has popped up and why even like Sam Altman talks about universal universal basic basic income.
0: income so that every because you'll be all out of work. My, everybody should get $1,000 a month from the big tech companies. You know, I think nightshade should be illegal. I think these guys should go to jail for poisoning AI data. That's what I think. What? No. <laughs> yes.
1: That's crazy. I think that's like
0: vandalism. I, I'm going to go with Stacy on this one. That's vandalism. You're vandalizing AI uh, models.
1: This is, look, if no. someone wants to make if the you, sh- Go, Stacey. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to, it's basically, to me, it's the equivalent of somebody who's walking behind you if you're recording like a TikTok video and flipping their middle finger up, right? Or like the guys who walk behind newscasters and like do something rude.
0: Yeah. And you're right. It's legal. It's legal. And, but it's rude. Uh, and more to the point, it doesn't do any these real aren't damage to people. Leo, this is doing these are multi
1: 1000000000 dollar corporations.
0: <laughs> well, no, it doesn't care if it's multi million dollar or open source. It's just going to poison. It, it, One well, of the things it does, for it. instance, here's the Mona Lisa. What it does is it does a nightshade version. It looks just like the real Mona Lisa. Maybe it's a little darker, but actually to an AI, it looks like a cat. And so the I AI. Think this is so
1: fascinating.
0: The AI is teaching
1: people how the AIs see things yeah. and work.
0: It could take fewer all, than a hundred poison samples to corrupt a stable diffusion prompt.
3: So all this is going to end up doing is just—they're just, just going to adapt and overcome. Oh, and it's gonna believe be me, believe me. Sides.
0: This isn't going to last five seconds. I right. agree with you. This is not really a threat. But if it were, it should be—they should go to jail. By so, Jow says, oh, "Wow, I would go <laughs> that you far." should with go him. to jail. This is vandalism. Are we sure this is not actual AI Leo who is, is all in favor of AI? This is vandalism. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> we I have the
3: opportunity for a technology. Leo's trying to train. Leo's training his future AI properly yeah, right. to be like. Wow, his future AI
1: him. is way more conservative <laughs> than I really thought. We,
0: we have an opportunity well, to create. Something transformative that could be like fusion. You were saying the, the, before the show that if we can, if we come up with cold fusion, that's the kind of thing that could change everything. And of course, it could. What this AI has that kind of potential. I think. In fact, I might even say AI might invent cold fusion. You might be stopping
3: cold fusion by turning the Mona Lisa into a cat yeah all the all the hot fusion guys are gonna be uh you know poisoning the, yeah. the data set with this uh, their- is vandalism
0: <laughs> maybe they don't, okay, enough. maybe they'll go fine. to jail just a small fine
1: <laughs> what no this this is the sort of thing I mean, look at it like from a purely evolutionary, as a effective altruist, you should be like grateful. this is the sort of thing like. It's going to make it bigger, badder, better, and stronger. You're getting great insights into how something works. You're going to be oh, able to prevent against
0: AI. Yeah, if AI you're AI, really yeah. smart AI, you'd figure out how to avoid the uh, nightshade attack.
1: A- a-
2: AI models have to learn and adapt and improve. It's a hostile world I, I mean, out I mean,
3: there. They have to learn to be do... smarter than humans. That's right. That's actually um, that's actually one of the biggest issues right now, as, as I see it with AI, is that if your data set has some garbage in it, this is intentional garbage, but there's right. plenty of other content that is just like incorrect so
0: that's a right? good point maybe this will just teach ai to know uh, how to avoid garbage garbage inputs yeah. okay all right never mind you don't have to go to jail <laughs> it's okay now it's okay you're doing I'm still god's not 100% work Percent
2: convinced that you are not actually an ai uh, <laughs> promoting of like the ai agenda uh, which will be a thing that we have to actually question probably in the next couple of years or now yeah
1: and you don't want your AI developed in this like protected hot house. No, that's this is true. the equivalent of a latchkey kid versus like a, uh, a little helicopter parented child.
0: We don't you want, want latchkey latch AI. Kid. We want no, helicopter. No, AI. AI. Oh, no, we do want latchkey. Yeah, you want the yeah. yeah, it, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> we want resilient AI that knows how to put a TV dinner in and make dinner for itself. Is what uh-huh. you're saying.
2: It
1: it's just it like maybe have- has some mental health issues.
2: <laughs> right. you, you, you either like put your kid in the bubble and they never get exposed to diseases, and okay. then the moment they go into uh, the real world, right. they get sick.
0: It's like AI. Or in you the let bubble. them play in the mud. Yeah. Let them play in the mud. Let the AI eat mud. It's good for its ecosystem. <laughs> uh huh. Now you're talking. I get it. Joseph Cox of 404 Media. They review multiple examples of AI ripoff articles making their way into Google News. Google says, well, we don't pay that much attention to how the article was written by an AI or a human. So, this has always been a problem, which is people see, a, you know, you, I'm sure Ben, you had articles from Mashable ripped off. Stacy, you had articles from Stacy on IoT ripped off, where somebody would just copy it and put it on their site and a few Google ads to make some money, right? But now they've got it it's smarter they have AI writing these things,
3: yeah, and except uh I've run across some of these articles in the storage industry, and They're every one of them so far right has been yeah. grossly wrong <laughs> about some yeah. yeah it states things as fact that are not actually yeah. fact I'm like no, that's not how that works, or it's yeah. totally wrong, like yeah lead storage space researcher Taylor Swift said right, yeah. <laughs>
0: Hey, don't knock Tay Tay. She probably could do it if she wanted to. <laughs> she probably could. It's funny that Twitter finally uh added some uh, moderation when they were flooded with deep fake porn videos of Taylor Swift. Then they said, Oh no, we gotta block it. So what they do, they don't have a lot of tools. So they just <laughs> Prevented anybody from searching for
3: Taylor Swift. What they can't just they can't just let <laughs> Grok figure that out. Don't they have their own AI? You have an that
2: AI, use it. Yeah, yeah. This is this is two separate stories. There's the story of like like fakes becoming better thanks to AI, which uh, is very scary, especially for uh, women. I was like watching a TikTok where you know like you know when uh, there's like just a lot of guys who create very explicit things, and it doesn't really happen. Uh, when you switch the genders around anywhere near as much, uh, it's a really like it's a real issue that's going to be a real problem. And these are the kind of things that we have to go and solve, which is, you know, why we have the entire debate that we had a little bit before. The other story being like there's just no one to moderate anything over at X. And like it took them forever. Now, I think they announced they're going to try to do something. Yeah, They're going to
0: build a facility in Austin. You just don't 100 moderate 100 moderators is not going to be enough by the way. I just want to tell Milan. Right. What are you, nuts? <laughs> I don't I mean, know how the many thousand here... people were doing it uh, before, but that is not going to be enough. I mean, don't, don't piss off Taylor Swift. <laughs> Actually, I'm really... Okay, so first of all, there's no way to stem this tide, right? You're going to see deep fakes of everybody soon and it, there there will be no way to stop this you can't i mean what are they going to just turn off search for everybody <laughs> just say no you know i mean basically you have to turn off twitter i i feel for taylor i think it's terrible but i think we just have to live with it don't we I, I, I you're, do that you're we're
1: advocating that there's no way to solve the problem of deep fake porn i don't think there is
0: i'm not advocating it i'm not happy about it but i don't think there is a way to solve it do you think it's there not, is? It's, there is absolutely a way to solve yes. it.
1: Yes. You You, you, go see you find out who's distributing it and who's creating it and you punish them. Now, do we have an appetite for doing that? No. Is it scalable to do that?
0: No. Uh, We're not doing so, so well with money? CSAM and we have a lot of infrastructure to fight CSAM.
1: We are. Okay. We will not solve everything. Right. But the penalties for child pornography are incredibly high. If they you are.
0: And they should be. And I guess and you're right. You th- could make penalties for deep fake porn that would be equally high. That'd be fine. Is
3: That'd it? That'd be fine. I is mean, it? Well, but I mean, now, we're, now we're treading right back into the territory of the George Carlin thing. Just yeah, in a different so
1: context. So th- I was like, there, there's a couple issues here. And that is, I mean, is yeah. it is it illegal or is it just... Is
0: Creepy. It? distasteful distaste creepy <laughs> ugly yeah
1: although for a guy who's advocating for putting saboteurs in jail
0: i would argue that your stance on this betrays a certain lack of um i'm still working it out i'm thinking i'm i feel bad for taylor i do and i would feel bad I, for anybody this happened to uh but i just don't know if you could stop it
2: I, I disagree struggling on that one. Uh, one, Stacey's absolutely right. We have to go after these people and have sure, some actual absolutely. backbone to do that. And that's uh, I hope we start to get that. But there are technological ways to go after it, too. Uh, I So, like, example, there's a company called The Hive, The Hive.ai, and they've been around for a long time. And they literally like you can detect a penis, you can detect whatever thing and it will just like. It remove it in live video and among other stuff, there is technology to do things like this and to detect and never underestimate by the, the technological way, ability. By
0: the way, it's AI doing it.
2: Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is how it is. There is the technology does exist and the technology is getting better and more of it is existing. You just have to convince companies like, uh, X, uh, Twitter, whatever you call them, to implement some of this stuff and you're going to see a large decrease in it. You do it across other places. The technology exists. The connect, technology continues to exist. I am, as long as there's bad stuff, there's always people building stuff to fight against the bad stuff. And there is always a technological solution in addition to the human one, which is let's put stuff,
3: these people into jail or find them. I'm not both. against that. I agree. You should definitely do that. Yeah, it might just be as simple as you just have to build a better AI, which uh, (laughs) ironically enough, here's here's an even better reason for the AI on the edge thing, because you might need this. I should point out
0: that there's a lot of not fake porn on Twitter, just doesn't feature famous people. Um, So you'd be able to distinguish between something that's.
2: There's technology to distinguish between whether it's AI or not AI. Harder problem. Yes. Is it doable? Absolutely. Okay.
3: Right. Have any of you recently, uh, in the past few months, gotten those texts that sounds like it's someone that's trying to pretend that they just found your number in oh, their yeah. phone? Oh yeah, lots and, of them every right? day. That's yeah. all AI driven. You're going to need AI on the edge on your side to be able to filter that <clears throat> sort of stuff. Yeah. And so you're just, you're just fighting AI with AI. Yeah. AI, 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 AI at with that point.
0: It's AI all the way down, isn't it?
3: <laughs> yeah. Basically. So really, what well, that AI, was? I mean,
1: that was our thinking was eventually over time we would have battling battling bots
3: right
0: yeah
1: where i mean we're getting there
0: yeah very very close to it i guess go ahead ben
2: no i can't i have a story about battling bots uh and i am not allowed to talk about it in the public i will tell you all personally (laughs) okay
0: offline Uh, we'll talk about it, it.
2: it involves governments and i oh yeah
0: oh boy I mean, it kind of is like uh, a little Terminatory, where you got AI fighting AI and robots, and then the humans are just kind of hiding in trenches, staying away from it. I don't know if this is exactly or, the future we want,
1: but it's the future that will get us to strap on those face computers and just. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't or, wait. To or to do... cure all
2: cancer and all diseases. Well, Both. Both branches exist and they're probably going down both at the same time. Everybody, Everybody will have, live there's forever? A there's, Everybody yes. will
3: live forever so that they could sit in their bunker with their Right, avoiding on, AI. Yeah. Avoiding the robots. Yes.
0: Actually there's a precedent for that, because isn't that exactly what happened with the internet? We were very bullish about it at first, but really it turned out to be everything that's good and bad about human beings is on the internet. Everything that's good mm-hmm. and bad about us as human beings will be expressed through AI.
3: Except that the Except early part we'll of the be- internet you had a certain subset of people that were try- generally were trying to use it more for good. As yeah, but they to lost. To they were, they were. Yeah, they sort of lost to that. Well, now with the AI stuff, it's sort of flipped the other way, right? You're already seeing malicious or you know immoral uses for it, uh, taking taking grasp even before the the real good stuff can come. Well, on.
0: stuff has as Ben pointed out is happening faster than ever before, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Stacy, a final thought before I go to another break. <laughs>
1: Nah.
0: No. Eh. Nah. Got nothing. I can't wait till February 8th when you and I are going to talk about the most depressing novel ever written. <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually a vision of a, uh, a kind of dystopian future. Uh, hashtag Phoenix Down the Tubes. But it's very it's very interesting, and he is a great writer. I really love uh, Paulo Bacigalupi's stuff, so I look forward to that. That's going to be a club special, February eighth. Um, what is it? Is it another one of those? we start at nine a.m. things.
1: We are changing the time, so we don't have Thank the you. actual time. Thank I think you, Stacy. Your time?
0: Oh, or three. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have to get up so early. Uh, We will get you the new time. Right now it says 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. You know, it should be prime prime time, shouldn't it? 95 people interested. It's not too late. You have time to read The Water Knife. I would. It's a great, it's well-written. It's fascinating. He's great at characterizations, um, but it's just kind of a gloomy future. But, you know, it may well be our future, so... The Water Knife by Paolo Bacigalupi. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, you can get it at your bookstore. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it at Audible. There's an audible, a very, very good Audible version. That's what I'm listening to. Uh, look okay. forward to that with you, Stacy. It's going to be so much fun. Now, there is one hitch in that get-along. If you are not yet in Club Twit, you cannot participate. But there is a way out. Just join Club Twit. This, I think, as we go forward into 2024, it's become very clear, you know, with media failing right and left, this is our future uh, as a podcast network, is getting our listeners to support us. We don't need all of you. Yeah, you you can get off the hook, but we need about 5 to 10%. We're right now about 2%. We're not really doing so well. So if you're not yet a Club Twit member, but you value what you hear on our programming, could you help us out? Seven bucks a month. You get ad-free versions of all the shows. You get additional programming, like the book club that you don't get anywhere else. You get access to the Discord. All of that for seven bucks a month. I think it's worth it. And you get the good feeling that you're supporting what we're doing. Twit.tv slash Club Twit. We are working other less expensive ways right now. You can uh, get any show, including this one, for two ninety nine a month. Uh, but uh, you know, we're going to look at YouTube subscriptions too, because I understand uh, you know everybody has you know limits on how much they can spend. But if you can, we'd really appreciate it. And if you th- and you think we're worth more than seven bucks a month, you can also uh, make it ten bucks if you want or more. We appreciate it. Twit.tv TV slash Club Twit. Our show today brought to you by ExpressVPN. It's common these days to overspend on streaming services. Well, since I started using ExpressVPN, I've saved so much every month by simply changing my online location. There are a lot of reasons to use a VPN, of course, for security, for privacy. But this is also valuable. You can watch Netflix in countries all over the world. If you already have a Netflix subscription, it's okay to do it. All you got to do is use ExpressVPN they're in more than 90 countries. So you want to switch to another country to watch content from that country? You tap one button, you say, hey, I'm in London right now, and now you're watching Netflix England. You refresh the page and it shows up. You can even use ExpressVPN to get discounts because some services cost less in other countries. At less than 7 bucks a month, ExpressVPN really pays for itself. It is security that you can put on your Router you can put it on your phone you can put it on your computer very easy I have it everywhere when I want to switch it on when I'm traveling what you know how many times you go to an airport and there's free Wi-Fi right but is it safe no don't <laughs> use ExpressVPN and it is safe it's a no-brainer if you want to get more shows if you want to be more secure if you want to protect your privacy and if you want to save money while you're at it go to expressvpn.com/slash/twit when you do that you get three months free with a one-year plan. That's the best deal. is seven bucks a month. E X P R E S S VPN.com slash twit. To learn more. ExpressVPN.com slash twit. We thank them so much for their support of this show.
3: I've used them for years.
0: <clears throat> yeah, is that your favorite too? It is. Yeah. Uh all right. Let we did we kind of peripherally touched on it, but I think we really have to address this. Apple's response to the EU and their digital markets act uh, the EU said that in fact Apple has got to open up their store they've got the courts in the US have also said the Supreme Court last week said we're not going to touch this case so the courts have also told Apple you can't stop people from cl- putting a link in their app to a different payment system so Apple's got to deal with this but it seems like in every case Apple's response has been what well Tim Sweeney has has the the best quote. He's, of course, uh, the guy who sued at Epic uh, to get them to open up the store so he could put Fortnite uh, in an Epic store on uh, on the iPhone. He says, it's a devious new instance of malicious compliance. Well, I'd expect Sweeney to say that, but what do you guys think? Apple is going to charge 27% instead of 30% if you have a link to your own store. They're going to charge a commission, um, they are going to offer uh, new app stores in the EU exclusively, but you'll still have to run your app by, by Apple and get approval. And if you sell it there, they're still going to take 27% or 15% if you actually, I think it's free for free apps up to the first million. But as a number of people have pointed out, that's not much of a solution. What if you have a freemium app like Fortnite, <clears throat> And all of a sudden, you owe Apple half a million dollars uh, because you sold more than a million. That's a, a untenable situation. Uh, Mozilla has complained because, yeah, Apple says in the EU you can have a browser that doesn't use Safari's WebKit. You can have your own browser, but Mozilla says, "Well, great, that's a solution." So <clears throat> everywhere but the EU, we still have to make our Firefox browser, as always, using the, the Safari backend. But in the EU, we make a whole new browser using our backend. That doubles our costs. How have you helped us, Apple? Thoughts? Have I laid EU, it out EU's accurately?
2: Gonna, <clears throat> I mean, the EU's going to give some rulings that uh, are not going to be favorable to Apple. They're
0: going to slap them down, you think?
2: I mean, yeah, there, there's interpretation, and I, it's going to be taken to EU court, and it's probably going to have more stuff for Apple to go and do. And, like, look, like, He was always a couple years ahead when it comes to things like this. Uh, This stuff will come stateside at a certain point. I I don't know what the like middle ground eventually is because I can understand like Apple from a business position and from a consumer position, I can understand, but I can really understand the consumer position of like, you know, on your computer, you can sideload whatever you want and download things. And it's been like that for who since the beginning of time, uh, So why can't you do that with your mobile device? So, I mean, I have to channel
0: because I think all of you will probably feel the same way. But I'm going to channel Alex Lindsay, who argues vehemently against what the EU is doing, saying it's Apple's platform. Apple says we want to preserve the security and privacy of our customers. They should be allowed to make whatever rules they want on their platform. And if you don't like it, suck it. Go use go go put an app store on Android. Android you don't have to use you don't have to be on iphone and it's unfair of any company even uh, epic to say oh we want to use the iphone without paying apple it's due apple apple made this platform plus alex makes a point it's better for users if you don't have these different stores and different browsers it's not this is not as good an experience for users there now this I, is I've incredibly true okay
1: so i I've been thinking about this a lot because, you know, I used to be a telco reporter and the whole like idea of being a common carrier and like everybody wants to be a a platform these days. Right. And Apple is a true platform and has built something out. And once you get to a certain point, Amazon's another great example. Do you have not just, so you could be a big platform and be compelling to people to for not forcing them, but they would want to use your platform because that's where the users are. That's what Apple's arguing. They're like, our our platform is so amazing that um, people want to be on it. And that's why people should pay us a commission right now. True fact of the matter is Apple does a lot of things that are anti competitive to keep people on their platform and to make their platform to lock folks in, thus giving them that huge user base. So, If you could have a truly competitive platform, would it have zero switching costs? What would that look like? Would that make something like charging these fees fair? I would say yes. If you had zero switching costs, it would. Um, At a certain point, if you lock people in via like, uh, maybe it's messaging, maybe it's all of the devices working only with other devices, however you want to look at it, uh, does that make it? anti-competitive and then the eu makes sense trying to enforce these things even though i'll admit its solutions are a pain in the
0: ass there's a very famous uh supreme court decision uh from almost 50 years ago that opened up the bell system network Card- carter carter phone yeah <laughs> Uh, in fact, I remember seeing the Carter phone at the Computer History Museum that it's kind of a funky old device, but this was illegal. The Bell System had rules against putting third-party devices on their network. They said and they said it's the same thing. It's about the security and privacy of well, I don't know if they talked about privacy, but certainly it was about the security and the integrity of our network. We don't want uh, customers coming along and putting any old device on the network. You couldn't even use your own phone. You had to rent it from Western Electric from the Bell System. Supreme Court said, no, that's wrong, and they opened up the Bell system with Carter phone. Carter phone allowed users to attach a two-way radio to their telephone. Uh, It was to be used in the Texas oil fields. I think they only sold a couple of thousand of them. But the decision changed everything. It opened up the Bell system, uh, and it made it possible for you to buy your own phone, for instance, and put it on the phone's uh, network. The hushaphone. Uh, I want a, hush-a-phone. a hush-a-phone. Hush-a-phone.
2: great. Uh, Give me one of those.
0: Uh, this was another thing. AT and T objected to this small plastic snap-on, which would let business phone users. It was like you were talking into your shoe. <laughs> business cone phone of silence. Yeah, it was a cone of silence. Um, <laughs> uh, it took the FCC seven years. Uh, and they finally said no yeah you sorry you can't put a hush phone on the phone carter phone was a big deal right stacy that tr- that opened up the bell network
1: it, it did uh, to attach devices that were not owned by the bell company so yeah. but those were physical devices on a physical network so yeah, I now mean, it's we not have... a perfect analogy but i think it's
0: similar well that's similar. And that's what's, that's
1: why i've been thinking about this a lot because you know one of the like if you're a platform what are your rights and responsibilities to your users and to the people who come to meet your users on the platform? And it's real unclear. Like I, like, I wish I had a really cool opinion for you. Like, they should go to jail, but I don't. I, but I,
0: I'm trying you'll to work it out it in my talk, brain. You'll never make it in talk radio, Stacey. You got. I know.
2: Got, no, Stacey. <laughs> this one, this one is truly one where a nuanced opinion is like probably the correct answer here. There was actually a great article that uh, Stephen Sanofsky wrote. You know, yeah, the, he. I was so
0: surprised that Sanofsky, who was the much uh, hated uh, guy at Microsoft who ran Windows, the famous Windows eight. Uh, put out an article in favor of Apple saying Apple should not bow to the EU. Uh, Apple is he here's Sanofsky's article. Uh Apple uh has done the right thing. Um and and they shouldn't give in. My heart sank, he says when <laughs> when I read the Digital Markets Act. Uh I could feel the pain and struggle product teams felt in clinging to at best, or unwinding at worst, the most substantial improvement in computing ever introduced. The iPhone. Um, I, Do you agree with This Steven? opinion surprised you? Yeah, it kind of did. I he mean, I, such a, <laughs> he, doesn't
1: he work for Andreessen Horowitz?
0: I don't know where he yes. works nowadays, does he? He's, yeah. a, you know. he's been in this BC is, for a long time.
1: Yeah, he's a venture capitalist and an Andreessen venture capitalist at that. <laughs> but OK,
2: yeah. technology positivity is is the name of the game of yeah. uh, over there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- that's it's, a good way to put it, like,
0: by the way. Thank you. Technology they're, positivity. They're, that's really good.
2: There's a difference here between uh, what's best for users. And the answer is it's probably a mixed bag because you can make a real argument for both sides. And what's going to probably happen, which is that slowly there'll probably be some more prying up uh, as more legal stuff comes up over and over and over again. Uh, It'll be a long time, though. And whether it's good or not, you know, I have no idea. We will probably see that result at some point when you have the first side side-loaded app store coming in and you start to see stuff and you start to see good and bad and who knows. But it's going to happen.
1: I find what, if you think about like, are we at the same point from a regulatory and a business perspective that we were in like the, I don't know, 1800s with like the railroads and the launch of like electric networks and that sort of thing where you need something like a public utilities commission. And I'm, I'm literally just wondering this because the economics in online services, software, that sort of thing, they, you, you have to be big. And you have to have like basically monopoly positions or a duopoly position. So when you have that, you don't have the ability to compete in the way you would if you had, you know, if everyone could could play with these things, Even even with startups, they just get bought by these big guys, right? And even if they weren't bought by these big guys and the FTC was like, hey, you can't have them, those companies would fail because they can't really go up easily against these monopolies. And so I wonder if we're going to have a much more or we need a much more kind of adversarial thing against regulators and digital businesses, which, I mean, you know, we 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 hate. But I (laughs) I, I really don't see a lot of options for us. We're
2: already seeing more of that. Uh, Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, go. we're, We're seeing more of that from. Uh, the, what, the SEC, the FTC, like, there is a lot more aggressive behavior. Now, some of the cases they've chosen, they have not won. They have not been great cases. Others, you know, there's, like, clearly there's gonna they're going to win or they're going to get something.
0: I'm rooting uh, for them in some cases. For instance, uh, Lena Kahn and the FTC said it should be as easy to cancel an account as it is to create one, to which the cable companies responded, but people might cancel by accident if we make it too easy for them. Uh, I think in this, in many cases, the regulators are fighting a good fight against companies that are rapacious, that are as good as evil. You know, um, here's Sanofsky has something interesting to say. He he talks about a dichotomy in computing, uh, the Microsoft Android way where it's open and. Uh, But as a result, security, privacy, abuse, fragility, and other problems of the PC show up on Android at a rate like the PC. But Steve Jobs had a vision for computing where it was enclosed and abstracted to make it safer, more reliable, more private, more secure. And you get all these benefits like better battery life, better accessibility, more consistency, ease of use. He says these attributes did not happen by accident. They were the process of design and architecture from the very start. They're the brand promise of the iPhone, just as much as the brand promise of Android and Windows, by extension, is openness, ubiquity, low price, and choice. These choices are not mutually compatible. You don't get both. Sanofsky writes, I know this is horrible to say, and everybody believes there's somehow malicious intent to lock people into a closed environment or, on the Windows Android side, an unintentional incompetence that permits bad software to invade an ecosystem. Neither of these would be the case. Quite simply, there's a choice between engineering and architecting for one or the other openness or closed, secure or, you know, choice. Is that is that uh, dichotomy that's accurate? That's not
1: true. You can build open and open can be way more secure because there are more people assessing it. I mean, that's that's a talking point you encounter all the time when arguing with people like Steven Stanofsky. Now I think there is a legitimate argument for usability.
0: Like, open Yeah, although systems. I have to point out that uh, uh, iOS is, you know, in the early days, the idea of a Macintosh was there's only one way to do anything. And, and there were very strong user uh, guidelines, user interface guidelines. So everything is very consistent. But that's not the case with iOS. A lot of times, especially because they've gotten rid of all the affordances like the home button, a lot of times you'll look at an iOS app and go, I don't know what to do to get out of this, to back up. I'll just force close the app sometimes because I'm just like sitting there. I don't know what to do here. That's very common because the UI is not well specified. So I think in some ways iOS can be more confusing than Android. You use Android, right, You're you're an Android user. I do. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I use yes
2: mostly use both, Android on my yeah, phone.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You choose Android. There's
2: an. I mean, there's there's enough. There's still enough consistency with the iOS iPhone experience uh, across things that. Uh, yeah. I'm like I'm like going back and forth in my brain on this one because you know on an iPhone, uh, my mom has never had to worry about viruses. Uh, she's had to worry about viruses on her computer. Uh, this is probably like the basic core argument that like Apple wants to make. And it's a legitimate argument. If you have more control over what goes onto an iPhone, you never want that to be like antivirus software. Never once have I ever had to think about that. Court of
0: no, that's a good point. Or really on the Mac, the Mac's more secure even than, uh, than windows and Android. Um, okay. So you think that's a straw man argument that Sanofsky's raising Stacy.
1: I think security is a straw man argument, especially yeah. in the year of our Lord, 2024
0: how about you alan where do you weigh in on uh, this you've been strangely silent
3: i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's by the
0: way ladies and gentlemen the right answer i don't know i don't know i mean i'm glad the eu exists uh i'm glad they're putting pressure on these platforms to consider consumers it's weird that we don't so much in the u.s that the ftc and uh, you know, other consumer watchdogs like Congress are really not getting involved in this. Um, I guess because we believe in the U.S. in the free market and and we kind of have this core belief that the market will solve this problem. The EU does not.
1: I don't know. I feel I like think the EU is more astute on the <clears> monopolies maybe. that are happening now. Or, more, I, or, I
0: mean, or less reluctant to regulate them anyway. Yeah, I mean. But but, I mean, I point to the EU browser cookie pop up that is as wasted. Oh, my God. I know that annoys you. But it's wasted billions of human hours clicking that thing that does nothing. (laughs) You don't agree? I guess we've had this argument. We must have had this argument before.
1: It it is annoying. (laughs) I'm
0: sorry to trigger you. I, I don't mean to trigger you.
1: <laughs> he, he this the
0: little spastic like oh god we're doing
2: warning right. if, if, talk you if you're listening to this you cannot see public. the spazzing that stacy's doing <laughs> it, it
3: wouldn't it wouldn't be so bad if it didn't pop up in a different slightly different form <sighs> so in every single place especially well, on mobile and it right? accomplishes it's like nothing. oh there's a pop-up and it, yeah. it literally does nothing
0: it's like a silly <laughs> button that you know well, the website administrators
1: are, <laughs> I have been to plenty of sites where they're just like hey we got to collect this or they could choose not to do it. That's what we do. That's the site. other option. Oh, you can't. Yeah, not. You're just
0: like, you, oh, you mean yeah, choose not to collect connect, cookies.
1: You <laughs> can choose to collect only necessary ones, which is kind of the option that you could. I mean, there is.
0: Don't you still have way, to say that, listen, though? Don't you still have to put a pop up? I feel like there is a lot of pressure. To, you still
1: I, have to, You still have to tell people that you have you're collecting necessary cookie data. When my you when you go like, you to my you don't have uh, to like force people to go through the next screen to pick which cookies right. you could just be like, "Eh,
0: when you really go really to my to uh, personal website, there's a button. I don't I have no I collect no cookies, but there is a button that lets you choose light or dark, and it needs to remember what you chose. So it has a cookie. So I pop up an announcement that says, "Yeah, there's a cookie here to to remember whether you chose light or dark." Okay? <laughs> but I feel like I have to do that for EU visitors. It's extremely annoying.
1: So yes, but you could also, I mean, again, this is an issue where if people really wanted to solve it in only like for like that particular issue, right. If they didn't want to collect all this user data, they could create a way for you to remember like light or dark preferences without a cookie on browsers, but they don't.
2: But the cookie thing is also going to start to be not a thing as like, yes, Google's moving away from cookies entirely anyway. So, uh, what are we going to still be talking about cookies? In yes, five years? because ah. the EU
0: is living in, in some sort of strange vacuum. Um, I'm not against the DMA and it, you know what? The biggest issue for me with the DMA is interoperability. And, and this is the problem is if you start to cast your net so wide, you cause a lot. If you could just say, for instance, and this is what Corey Doctor is always saying, what all we really want is the ability to move our data or interoperability. So if I use one message program or another, I can use whatever I choose. That's all we want is some choice. And I think you could do that without compromising the privacy, security, or ease of use of your platform. Uh, Steven Sanofsky notwithstanding. Just that's all we want interoperability, choice. Is that unreasonable? Maybe it is. I mean, maybe I'm choosing by simply buying the iPhone that I made the choice. That's your choice, Leo. Yeah. if If you want
1: choice, buy more Android phones. Although I would argue that the OS choice is kind of a false one. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, Tim Cook tipped Again, his hand when he told a reporter who said, "Well, are you going to open iMessages?" He said, "No, but you get tell your mom to buy a, 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 a an iPhone."
2: <laughs> I, I yeah. say we go back to floppy disks and
1: Walkmans. Let, let's yeah. let's bring the '90s back,
2: baby.
0: Uh, this uh, is
2: why
1: we've got to have bring back the 1880s with the regu- <laughs> like regulatory commissions. I'm not kidding we didn't have any trust in the have-
0: 1880s, though, did we? We didn't. We antitrust came later with the robber barons, right? Was it in the in was the it 20th kind of Like century. the eighteen eighties? I thought it was the twentieth century. I don't know. All right. So you're saying well, this yes. is a
2: question to ask ChatGPT. GPT?
0: Yeah. Hey Chat GPT. Oh my God. That, you know, Chat GPT is going to put you when on the list. were the
1: railroad barons? There was, I mean, there were there were antitrust. I mean, when the Sherman Antitrust Act? I don't remember what that was. That was in I
0: think nineteen ten something like that. Oh no, you're right. Eighteen ninety.
1: Eighteen nineties.
0: Good job. Bam. You win. Okay, you this can is hit why me I'm a trivia once. a team captain. <laughs> Are you? Are you really? What's the name uh, of your team?
1: The Prickly Bears? See, every... Because my kid's name is Bear, or nickname Aww. is Bear, so we're the Prickly every, Bears. Uh, every
0: trivia team has a silly name, and I love to find out. We, I you know, anytime I'm on a trivia team, I just call them the Twits. It's very easy. I don't have to think twice on that. iPhone secretly, iPhone apps, and this is, this is the other thing, is... The iPhone isn't all that secure. iPhone apps secretly harvest data when they send you notifications. Security researchers at MISC have said apps like Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Twitter are skirting Apple's privacy rules. You know the ATT, the application tracking, to set, collect user data through notifications. As soon, you don't have to be running the app as soon as the notification pops up. <laughs> They can collect all sorts of information about who you are, what kind of device you're using. Uh, And it's not bad actors. It's big, big actors who are doing this. Um, A spokesperson for Meta and for LinkedIn, according to Gizmodo, categorically denied the data is used for advertising or other inappropriate purposes. It's only used to ensure notifications work properly.
3: Well, I think the idea is that, because uh, there's plenty of apps where if you're actively using it on the same platform, but signed in on another device or a PC or whatnot, that it won't pop up the notification on your phone right. while you're... I turn off you know, for all example, notifications. I don't yeah. want to see them. Yeah. Oh, there's a tail.
0: <laughs> Whose tail, a tail was that? Do you have a raccoon? Oh, no. You have a small...
3: Oh, a very pretty a small, cat. A small fur, baby.
0: Yes. Very pretty. Oh. Yes.
3: We love, yeah, we but, love uh, having uh, p- so- pets through here. So I see what utility there could be for that, but at the same time, yes, Facebook would have to know that, well, that person's iPhone doesn't need to get the notification if they're also on their iPad.
0: So what happens is when you dismiss the notification, you're sending a signal to the app, which now the app has permission to send all your device information back. Like Leo clicked it. So by the way, here's his phone number, here's his IMEI, here's his kind of iPhone. Here here's his location. Just you know, we had to know this cuz he clicked it.
3: Anyway. I mean, didn't they already know that? Like Well, we you know who is- that? Oh. You
0: know who knew that was the NSA. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> now you've been an intelligence officer Alan Malventano. <laughs> so you probably yes, were not ago. surprised when the NSA finally admitted they didn't want to but uh, ron wyden was holding up the appointment for the next nsa uh, director so general uh, nakamoto uh nakasone i should say <laughs> nakam uh, what is it it's the same name as the uh, die hard company right nakasone general nakasone uh, sent a letter to wyden saying okay i want to retire so please <laughs> <laughs> yes we do in fact buy and use various types of commercially available metadata for our foreign intelligence and cybersecurity missions, (sighs) yes, including data related to entirely domestic Internet communications. So now we know. They do collect all this data. Are you surprised? Well,
3: that that part that said entirely domestic, I don't think appeared in the actual letter from the NSA because I was reading through it. Oh, I'm actually, seeing it.
0: It's in a quote in the New York Times article. Maybe. Me, I can give
3: you my perspective because I yes. used to work there. You're an intelligence agent. Right? Yeah, you're an intelligence agent. I, yes. I used to do this. Yes. Okay. So they have rules. It's Their mandate is foreign intelligence. They're not supposed to be after the U.S. Which, people. Which is why and, domestic would be a big deal. Right. Now, I will say this. Having had to work there and deal with that type of information, trust me, It makes the job harder, the fact that there is the potential that there's U.S. people information in there, right? Because the the issue is if you have somebody in the U.S. and they're talking to somebody that's foreign and you're trying to surveil the foreign side of it, then you end up potentially with the other half of the conversation. That's like the other end, right? here's,
0: Here's the letter from General Nakasone. Yeah. Dear Director Haynes... The Honorable Director Haynes, <laughs> Director of National Intelligence. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. You're right. This is from Juan Ron Wyden. So, that's, right, that's I get what you're saying. Right. So, let me see if you I have can to find. Go... Here's the response. Okay. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I was you have looking to scroll what, down. Yeah, yeah, scroll down. This is now uh, addressed to uh, Senator Wyden from. Uh, let me just look at the bottom, Ronald S. Moultrie, who is somebody. He's he's you know part of the DNI, I guess. Following up on the letters regarding the Department of Defense's uh, potential providing you with a below redacted answer to a question
3: I answered to you
0: in 2021.
3: Uh, well, the the actually, if you scrub a little, it's the reply from uh, Nakasone.
0: Oh, God,
3: man. This is all in here. Okay. Yeah. We Dear don't need to Center go all the one. way into reading entire pages. Oh, of my the thing, God,
1: so. what if we had an AI summarize I this? I wish job.
3: I had an AI <laughs> now. <laughs> DOD so, components wire access and use information. Here's the, here, here's the perspective I can offer. Yeah. Here's the perspective I can offer. So, having worked here and having seen plenty of stories over the years, even some of which we've talked about on Twitter, even yep. Yep. dating back to when we got the most epic spit take on Twitter of all time from Leo, when he learned <laughs> that I used to work for the NSA in the middle of. I didn't
0: know that, them. actually, until you told me. I thought you <laughs> merely were a submariner. I didn't know you were also an NSA. As a man of many talents. You were a contractor, though, not an employee
3: it was a dod well the, the nsa contracts the military to have
0: so you were working um, with the navy yeah on on loan to the nsa
3: correct correct okay. so whenever these stories come about usually the gist of it is and usually why i've learned that there's so much hesitation in even the nsa saying anything is that if you look at the two stories there's or the, the different perspectives there's like a there's there's a Dividing line, right? Even the, the title of the article is going far in the one side. Hey, okay. NSA's getting all, right. all you U.S. person information, right. right? Okay, good. All right. Now, I can speak from the other side, right? If there was a magical way to make it so that the NSA could do their job of the foreign surveillance and not get any single word or bit of information from the U.S. people, it, I guarantee you they would hit that button because it makes the job so much harder. Right. We don't we don't want to know what's in your email like Leo. Right. We want to know what the foreign people that were potentially plotting and doing, you know, the whole all the reasons why you would need to surveil, have a foreign intelligence program right, to protect the United States. Right. That's the job that they have to do. All those people that are still working there. So, yeah, like we, we don't want the other side of the conversation, but sometimes you don't have a choice but to get it in the act of doing the surveillance. And if that does happen, then you have to do a bunch of extra steps required by law as like described in, you know, from Congress, this comes down, this is how you're going to do your job, NSA. And they have to make sure that all that stuff is excluded or even purged from databases or, you know, by whatever means necessary to make sure that that information either is gone or doesn't go out, any of those things, right? It's, It's, they're basically, when you get right down to it, it's a job that's almost impossible to do without pissing somebody off right. on either side of the argument.
0: Nakasone right. he said specifically, and I will read from his letter uh, specifically, the NSA does not buy or use location data collected from phones known to be used in the United States, either with or without a court order. He says this categorically. Right. Similarly, the NSA does not buy or use location data collected from automobile telematics systems from vehicles known to be used in the United States. The NSA does buy and use commercially available netflow that's metadata non-content data related okay here's the uh, here's the smoking gun to right. wholly domestic internet communications and internet communications ah where one side of the communication is a US internet protocol address and the other is abroad and they've always said right. this we have communications when somebody's communicating outside the
3: US from inside the U.S. Right. Now, notice that the last part of that sentence was conveniently omitted from the other. Yeah, you're right. The people making the other point, right? Yeah. Like, they're they're pretty clear. They're like, look, like because the reality is they don't want the other info, right? They're not going to spend money to get info that's only U.S. people because they can't use it anyway. So I want.
0: know you, Alan, and I know you're a good guy. um, And I trust mm-hmm. you. And you no longer work for the Defense Department or intelligence agencies. You are a private individual. Yep. You are going to yep. you are you are somebody who we trust as a geek. You understand our concerns, and you feel fully confident that Nak- Nakasone is not misleading Ron Wyden that this is an accurate representation, and that they are in fact they don't want domestic communications.
3: Everything represented in that letter aligns exactly with my experience yeah. having to actually like punch the clock doing that work
0: i trust you i i actually trust you more than i do edward snowden
3: i mean if you say that's the case i believe you well no listen he had a point though edward snowden had a point which which we talked about in twit i don't know how many hundreds of All twits those ago now 10
0: years ago or something. <laughs> right
3: yeah but there was a case where okay so we just said that you know they can have this collection where if one side's foreign the other side's u.s well that we learned through the snowden uh, you know, documents and stuff that you've released was that, hey, there's people in the org that could potentially see both sides of that that actually shouldn't be able to, right? Because right. there's supposed to be procedures in place to prevent that right. sort of thing from happening, right? Um, and there was apparently a gaping hole in those procedures, and that's what Snowden... If anything, I'm kind of happy that that did happen because it was a, a problem, right? Uh, it kind of undermined all of the work that I was doing. Like, I had to make sure... Nobody was doing searches on any U.S. person's names or any of this other stuff. And to know that there was just an IT guy up at the top of the the IT stack there that could just run a query and nobody would know the wiser, that's a problem. It needed to be fixed.
0: Well, and also, to be fair, it's not part of the NSA or the CAA's charter to spy on Americans uh, on American soil. But for that, we have the FBI And other law enforcement agencies, and I they do, buy
1: data too.
0: Yeah, and I do Correct. believe they do buy location data. They buy metadata. They may even buy content data. They buy whatever data brokers will sell.
3: Right? I mean, they have whatever set of rules they're that's required, their, required.
0: That's their. They're all this is legal. In fact, that's one of the things Nakasone says: is it's legal. It's you know we only do what's legal, and we can't spy on domestic. Uh, but the information we get is legally obtained we don't need a warrant to get that because of data brokers actually it's been my contention now maybe uh, maybe you want to weigh in on this that one of the reasons we don't regulate data brokers which i think all americans who are informed about them would like us to do is because congress is periodically told sub rosa that the uh, law enforcement agencies would prefer they do not shut down the data brokers because they're a valuable
3: source of information yes I'm I'm personally not thrilled with the whole data broker thing. Yeah, nobody like, is. that piece of it. Yeah, right.
0: But Congress yeah. refuses to do anything about it. Right, and I think that that's probably at the behest of law enforcement.
3: Yeah, it, my my personal take on that is that the, this NS the whole NSA story, this whole thing shouldn't have even had to happen because the whole data broker thing shouldn't even be a exist in the first right. place.
0: So instead right. of blaming the NSA or casting stones at the NSA, let's shut down the data brokers. Right. Anybody disagree okay, yes. with that one? No,
1: no. I don't think you will find a normal person. And maybe even Steven Stanowski would agree yeah. that data brokers yeah. are a problem. Although, actually, here's what I'm going to make a super convoluted argument. The existence of data brokers and the purchasing of consumer data keeps a lot of apps you might enjoy.
0: That's true. Free
1: and that's available true. for you to use.
0: There's a whole ecosystem. You're right. No, that's true. I mean, we've often said the same thing about uh, credit consumer credit reporting agencies like Experian and Equifax and TransUnion. Ugh, eh, creepy. But honestly, <laughs> if they didn't exist, you wouldn't be able to give get a loan or rent a home or anything, rent an apartment or anything.
1: Well, you would just, I mean, there's actually a whole bunch of companies using AI to establish right. like, payback records for right. people.
0: Anyway. Maybe we don't need them anymore.
1: Something something like that would exist.
0: Right. It has to,
1: and Experian and stuff—they're—they're they're data brokers, right? They're
0: right. Uh, all right, let's take a break, and uh, we can get a few final thoughts in with our wonderful panel. Really appreciate uh, appreciate it, uh, all three of you having being here. It's kind of ironic that name of our next sponsor is Panoptica. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Panoptica. Panoptica is Cisco Cloud's application security solution, which provides end-to-end lifecycle protection for cloud-native application environments. It empowers organizations to safeguard their APIs, serverless functions, containers, and Kubernetes environments. Panoptica ensures comprehensive cloud security, compliance, and monitoring at scale offering deep visibility, contextual risk assessments, and actionable remediation insights for all your cloud assets. Powered by graph-based technology, Panoptica's attack path engine prioritizes and offers dynamic remediation for vulnerable attack vectors, helping security teams quickly identify and remediate potential risks across cloud infrastructures. A unified cloud-native security platform minimizes gaps from multiple solutions, providing centralized management and Reducing non-critical vulnerabilities from fragmented systems. Panoptica utilizes advanced attack path analysis, root cause analysis, and dynamic remediation techniques to reveal potential risks from an attacker's viewpoint. This approach identifies new and known risks, emphasizing critical attack paths and their potential impact insights unique and difficult to glean from other sources of security telemetry such as network firewalls get more information on panoptica's website it's panoptica.app more details on panoptica's website panoptica.app and we thank him so much for supporting the show we really appreciate it we had a lot of fun this week uh, on Twitter. and we prepared a little movie
3: to show you what you might have missed I'm literally talking to you from the framework Laptop16 right now. This is the touchpad for the machine that I just literally off. pulled off the laptop in front of me. Like right now, here's one of the spacers. Let me rip off the keyboard. Too oh my I goodness. Yank. He's disassembling the it keyboard right in front of, of us. Previously on Twit, Tech News Weekly, you can replace the GPU on this machine and you can do it in two minutes. The idea is you buy a laptop from them and you have a future-proof laptop. This week in space. You're thinking about renewable energy. You think about solar panels. You put them where the sun is always shining
0: and then you beam that to Earth. It seems like so beneficial and yet here it is 2024 and we still don't have this stuff. The problem is cost.
3: All of a sudden, in just less than 10 years, it has been proven by Starlink, by OneWeb, by Kuiper System, that you can
0: make space systems super cheap Mac break weekly We have a big birthday to celebrate. We're going to see if we can boot this 40-year-old Macintosh. Uh-oh. Is that a sad Mac? It's not seeing the disk. Once you get the case open, let's let's look inside. You were never ever intended to do what we're doing, which is open this thing up. Right. Uh Steve in fact designed it that way. But nevertheless, he got the designers to sign the case. All artists sign their work. Windows weekly. Microsoft announced and released Copilot Pro and
3: I'm surprised by how good this is. It's good for like your, it's actually, uh, no, it, your it's, thumbnail it's images. Look at this! This Halo image is incredible. Yeah, the prompt for that did not say anything like "be as provocative as possible" and please offend Americans and religious people. And <laughs> like,
0: no, I mean, it, it popped that out on its own. I didn't ask for that. Twit great tech news and analysis every week. Yeah, I like. <laughs> if you didn't see it, it basically created the Last Supper with Master Chief from Halo. Where Jesus would be, <laughs> so and then an American flag, but instead of stars, it had French fleur de lis on it. So I don't know what the AI
3: was hallucinating, but uh, it was it was pretty wild. A lot of fun. So, on uh, our shows this week. Nareh uh, Patel uh, happened to swing by the Faison suite at CES uh, and personally broke down a framework right oh, in front of us, which how was pretty cool. impressive to see.
0: So yeah. I had an order for that sixteen uh, framework sixteen and uh, with the AMD processor. I canceled it because I spent so much on my M3 MacBook Pro, and I thought, "Do I really need another uh, Linux laptop?" But it's I I love my Framework 13. I really think it's a, very impressive,
3: and I love the idea that you can upgrade it. Yeah, it really was impressive, especially with the plug and play aspect of it, where you're, you're, you he just broke down the Were those magnets? same thing that was just there was no screws; it was all magnets. I think it's magnets and like a little bit of like a clippy kind of action to it. Wow. But yeah, there's a lot of magnets all together. kind of amazing. Yeah. Cause I, things I mean, kind of slide in. Like it's not like if yeah. it would just, you know, if you, if you dropped it, it probably wouldn't just, you know, disassemble immediately.
0: Early reviews on it, uh, kind of backed my decision not to buy it. Apparently there's some, it's, there's some, uh, performance issues and so forth, but I'm sure they'll fix those. I, th- I like framework a lot. i I think they deserve, uh, success. Frame.work. Yeah. You could just take it apart. And up, yeah. more importantly, upgrade it. Uh, have you, Ben Parr, played the new PAL World? I am going to do that shortly.
2: I have watched a couple videos. I really want to go and play. Uh, it's it Pokemon
0: with guns. And in fact, Pokemon with guns so much so that the Nintendo Corporation is suing them, saying it's a little too much
3: Pokemon with guns. Uh, the idea well, is Didn't, what, didn't you, someone... Go ahead. Didn't someone make a... Uh, someone made a, a mod for it? That yeah, they to put, actual, thing. put
0: actual put yeah. actual Pokemon uh, in it. The idea is you're running around and you have a ball. It looks a little bit like a Pokeball that you throw to capture your pals. Uh, <laughs> but apparently you can also capture uh, weapons. Which, I mean, if you I mean, ask me, is all that Pokemon was missing.
2: Well, this game has aspects that i think people have wanted in the in the like pokemon games currently like you know it has some aspects of like the like minecraft building process you can build your own space you can have your own essential farm i can can't wait to battles. play this
0: i this looks like a great and this is game. one of the
2: fastest like growing games ever uh, like you got to have, like 5 million downloads in a week which is insane And it's the number one game on Steam because of this. Now, obviously, some of these things were like, it's clear. That's just like like, Pokemon. Right there. That evolution. Some of them look too much (laughs) like they're Pokemon. And, uh, I mean, you can make the argument, like, actually, it's a sheep. And, like, of course, Pokemon, like, go (laughs) based off of real animals. And so it'll be an interesting case. I feel like there's some where you really can't argue they took a little (laughs) bit from. But it just, why can't? Game Freak, the creators, like, make a game like this. They don't have to have the so. guns, but have the open world stuff yeah. and have the, like, deeper interaction. That would be fantastic.
0: Uh, the, the, it looks like there's all sorts of kind of minecraft style automations, and it really looks like a great game. I'm not surprised it's done very well. Uh, Pal World, it's called. What do you think, Benito? Have you started playing it?
3: I have not, but I, I kind of also wonder if this game would have even been big if it wasn't for the controversy.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, in fact... Talk about the Streisand effect. Um, Nintendo going after him just really solidifies the whole thing. Maybe they just want, maybe they just want a little, uh, you know, kind of a little a fee of some kind. A little. No, not Nintendo. Fee.
3: Nintendo is no, very. No. They very, don't. Yeah. They don't go along with that.
2: Yeah. Get sued, make bank. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Is this is going to be an interesting uh, test of uh, look and feel. What's the threshold?
0: Uh, PC and Xbox, although The Verge says don't get the Xbox version, it's vastly inferior. So get it on Steam and play it on your Windows gaming PC. Pal world. Uh, bad news for Beeper. <laughs> the uh, I kind of think we saw this coming. The company, which was founded by a uh, former Pebble uh, founder uh, Eric uh has decided to give it up on trying to duplicate Apple's uh, iMessages on Android. Um, Apple temporarily banned Macs used as bridges to Android devices. Uh, so you really, this was kind of the kind of the end of the line for a beeper. And I guess in this case, I don't really think there's much of a loss, right? I we I wish Apple would open messages. I understand why. For commercial reasons, they're never going to do that. They Uh, will eventually. You think
2: they'll have to? Not have to. There's been that discussion. Like, uh, you could lock some more people into an ecosystem or they might have to. I think it will happen down the line. Uh, I do think that, like, Beeper tried over. Like, it was always going to happen. Like, you're trying to force uh, a platform to do something they don't want to do, you're going to go and fail. And the other result, too, is like, and look, I use Beeper. uh, Do you? Did you take it off? I.
0: I removed it as soon as I saw this, I thought.
2: I remove uh, iMessage because I don't – because the people are getting locked out. Apple can do whatever they want, and I'd like to, like, not be locked
0: out. But is it a better messaging program than, say, WhatsApp or Telegram? Well, it's
2: better to put everything together because, like, I have Signal. I have WhatsApp. I have iMessage. I have LinkedIn messages. I have – x messages or twitter messages like it's nice to have the idea of everything all one in one place where i don't have to go look at everything uh but it's the reliability is still like an issue like and i've I, i will just i hope the beeper people are listening i've had enough times when i've tried to send a message and it just won't actually send uh and it was like over signal or over slack in the beeper and it didn't send and you know stuff that I wanted to have happen didn't happen with my team or with other people. And so now I'm like, I can't rely on beeper to send the things out. And like, look, I understand, like, you know, it's really hard to work with a lot of these different systems and all that, but that's gotta, that's the bar, right? You've got to be able to send messages and receive messages, uh, on the platforms that you support.
3: This sounds, this sounds so it's just blast from the past trillion pigeon. Pigeon.
2: Pigeon! That's Remember, a blast of the
3: past. I just need a, I just want a thing, one thing, to rule them all, to talk on all the things, that because nobody wants to just settle on one thing, so I just need a source army knife. Of so things.
0: Automatic, the folks who do WordPress own, bought something called Text. Texts. Plural. Yes, I've tried them too. I find it annoying. I actually don't want all these things in one interface, maybe because it's just not a great interface, but it does do that. Doesn't do Apple. Oh, I guess it does do iMessages. It does
2: do iMessages. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens long term here. Like, you know, there is a real desire because there are so many messaging apps and I'm in groups on every single message. Oh, it's so
0: frustrating. I agree. I agree.
2: Uh, But you just have to have the reliability of you, you send a message. That it actually sends, and it like if it doesn't send, it clearly lets you know, hey, this didn't send. Please try again. Stacy, uh, former
0: telecommunications uh, reporter, uh, do you is RCS going to change all this? You think this? Oh, Apple's adoption of RCS. Apple's going to do RCS. Google's been pushing RCS. It's a it's an open standard. The rich communication. I
1: think it'll solve some of the. It won't solve the like. I mean, we all have multiple platforms. It won't solve, like, I use multiple platforms to communicate with different people, but it will solve things like, when my friend sends me a video from her iPhone, it's like, to my Android phone, it's like this big and grainy.
0: It'd be so, nice if we you. could all use whatever messaging platform we want and have a, a protocol like RCS be available in all of them so that we could communicate with people, seems like.
1: Especially... If it offered end-to-end encryption? Which
0: it does, right? Or no?
1: I don't think that's a feature of RCS.
0: I think Google wants it to be. I don't know if it is yet. It might be yeah, implementation specific. I don't know if, specific. It's, a, I don't know if no, it's standard. No, it's implementation but... specific. I think you're right. Yeah. It's just a protocol. You can, if you want to encrypt it. And I think Google does or intends to anyway. Uh, finally, some good news. If you don't like swatting and who does like swatting? Well, apparently this California teenager, Tor Swats, liked swatting, but now he's in jail, going to be extradited to felony, and even though he's a minor, he will be tried as an adult, Uh, Wired, which I think with unusual uh, caution did not reveal his real name because he is 17 years old, but uh, he, according to sources familiar with the investigation, swatted hundreds of people. He was like the king of swatting, apparently. Uh, Swatting, as you may or may not know, but probably should know, is when uh, a fake call is made to law enforcement. We've been swatted. Somebody called the Petaluma Police Department and said, I am holding hostages inside the Twit Studios. I've planted bombs all over the studios, and I'm going to kill myself. Goodbye. And then, of course, uh, we were lucky. The Petaluma Police were smart enough to go, "Uh, sure, kid. And, but they came over, and they actually brought in, and it's great expense, bomb-sniffing dogs, and they we had to evacuate the studio, and they went all over the studio. Um, you know, members of Congress have been swatted. Um, judges uh, trying President Trump have been swatted. The director, Secretaries of State? Yep, CISA directory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a nasty thing. Now, I don't think this one kid did that, all of it. But uh, it's probably good if... He does go to jail and does do some time as a maybe a warning that this is not a game, right? Why are they
1: trying him as an adult? Is it because, as a if they tried him as a juvenile, he wouldn't get jailed? I I just he'd be out at 18 or it's lighter.
2: You got to send a message like this is one where I have no sympathy of any kind, way, shape, or form. Like, we got to throw the book at these at the people who are doing this. This is like. It's insane that people are thinking, "Oh, we should waste our valuable law enforcement and health and services uh, because I do not like some of the political statements of the other side, or I do not like this person, or this person reject." Throw the book at them. Throw all no, the book at them. It's, it's, this it's person not is not
1: doing it for political reasons. It's a no, change. he's just, it's just a jerk. A prank. Yeah. yeah, they're like, I have power in this right. situation. Look yeah, I can but, the,
2: it, but there are people doing it for political reasons. Yes. There are people doing yes, it. Yes, that's true. And it, we don't actually know for sure, like there may The kid may have some political in addition to everything else. Obviously, the power thing I just this is just a behavior that has to be punished heavily uh, to to stop it, because people feel like that if you are behind the Internet and you can modulate your voice, that you are, you know, free. Well, from they never caught the
0: person who swatted us. Uh, I listened to the recording of it. You know, I
3: mean, uh, it's it's kind of chilling. Uh, it's, it's not it's not just the the use of resources or the inconvenience. There's a risk of death, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And there have been deaths,
0: accidental deaths, exactly right. And swatting. Uh, so it is a, it is a very dangerous, and dumb thing to do. Now, I agree. Maybe he shouldn't be tried as an adult. This is. Just Florida state laws for felonies, and the Florida state law does allow him to be tried as an adult, and the prosecutor is going to do that. Um, the way it came about is interesting. He is apparently was swatting uh, Twitch streamers. That was his favorite thing to do. You, have you, you, if you seen that? I, Benito used to work at Twitch. Uh, yes, this was a very common occurrence. It's a problem. You'd be live on the air streaming, and police would come storming in. So, uh, a number of prominent Twitchers. Uh, hired a uh, private investigator, Kaffrozed, Brad Kaffrozed Dennis. Uh, He'd been hunting this guy, this kid, for two years, which means the kid started doing this like when he was 15. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Kaffrozed Dennis says, It's a beautiful day. I'm very relieved. Tor will no longer be able to conduct his reign of terror. Uh, He uh, swatted schools as well as Twitch streamers. Public officials, um, according to Dennis, in January of last year, he handed evidence to the FBI special agents in charge of the case. Um, it was used, that information was used in subpoenas, sent to YouTube and Discord. Um, and I guess they tracked the kid down. Um, Would watch that movie. Yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? I mean, it took him a while. It'd
1: probably be a really boring movie. I mean, I'm wondering... I- I'm wondering how they did it. I'm just thinking about, like, what is the back end? How did you, how do you track him? Do you just look at, like, server logs for, like, who was Apparently, the
0: So he sent them the information. They sent out subpoenas. They figured out who he was by July of last year. Uh, and then at, a, at that time executed a search warrant, seized his devices. But the FBI isn't talking and uh, neither is the Florida uh, District Attorney. Um,
3: yeah, I mean, you're, you're making phone calls. Like, it's, you
0: know, yeah, there's, there's, there's ways. <laughs> there's ways to figure out what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He used a voiceover IP number. That's one of the ways they can keep it anonymous, right?
3: Well, within reason, obviously, because yeah. they yeah. caught him.
0: Yeah. Uh, he called, the individual's calls calls to Washington schools in May allegedly affected 18,000 students, cost cat, taxpayers $271,000, and lost Instructional time. I mean, it's yeah. There's a cost. It's a significant cost. And it's the, just...
3: the kid's really lucky that not, not, not a, apparently nothing. One of those swats yeah. resulted in a death. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Anyway, so I hope you all pay attention. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. It's not a joke. Uh, uh, Rick Scott, a, f- a senator from Florida, said we must send a message to the cowards behind these calls. This isn't a joke. It's a crime. Scott was, by the way, swatted in December.
3: Ordering twenty pizzas or something, please.
0: Yeah, just order some pizzas. Do it like we did when the, in back in the day. You know, just order some pizzas. It's fine. No, don't do that either. I hope I this it, does uh, get rid of this uh, problem, but I doubt it will. I feel like it's going to continue. Stacy, do you want to say something? No. <laughs> Good. In that case, go get a waffle because we're done, ladies and gentlemen. Stacey Higginbotham, you know, I would plug your website. I would plug your podcast.
1: I I have something to plug that your audience may care about. Can I plug it? Yes. So February 2nd is the deadline for anybody who's interested to submit a comment to the Federal Trade Commission on users' right to repair.
0: Oh, please do this. Yes
1: you can tell them a story you can just say hey we would love it if you would you know make a rule forcing or even just enforce the existing provisions that would require or that would enable right to repair
0: so so uh Kyle Weens of course of uh, i it has been involved it, you can go to the repair.org site states.repair.org uh to sign the petition um you need to do this before february 2nd so that the ftc uh, Sees this, there's other ways you can join the fight. Um, I agree with you 100%. And I'm guessing Consumer Reports is also very much involved in this. They've been. I'm advocates. writing our
1: formal comments.
0: Yay. Absolutely. I mean, yes. Let's get this done. Yeah. Good. You don't have to get super
1: nerdy on like, oh, my gosh, software pairing is wrong or anything crazy. You could just be like, hey, it would be awesome if I could replace the battery in my phone.
0: Right. Yep. In fact, they'd probably take that with more seriously, wouldn't they? I mean, that's a real person.
1: No, they're going to pour over my comments, Leo. They're going <laughs> to pour over
0: them with... They're <laughs> going to believe it firmly, vividly. All right. <laughs> right to repair. We're behind it. So is the EFF, iFixit, Repair.org, and Consumer Reports. Thank you, Stacy. It's always a pleasure. And I'll see you in a little while. Uh, a week from Thursday for our, I guess it's two weeks from Thursday for our book club. So it's not too late. You got two. No, it's weeks.
1: a week from next Thursday. It it's is a February. week from next
0: Thursday. Oh yo 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 yo. Uh, that's right. Reading. So, gotta. I'm halfway through right now, but it gets happier. Right. The sun comes out. The dust storms stop. The water flows, and everybody has a no. No okay <laughs> the book is actually I mean, a great book it's good it's good read it the water knife by Paolo Bacigalupi. right
1: yeah we're gonna solve our water issues in. yeah in, yeah it's gonna totally happen yeah
0: and um also just a tip don't keep hyenas as pets what <clears throat> <Why> about capybaras <laughs> i don't know maybe capybaras would be okay
1: yeah, they're, they, they're benign, sure.
0: They don't <laughs> eat people. <laughs> I think they might, actually. I don't know. That's Ben Parr. You better ask your AI. He is the author of The AI Analyst, which is available everywhere, co-founder of Octane AI, and you will read his columns frequently in the information, which I do. I am a happy subscriber. Thank you, Ben. Anything you'd like to plug besides that? Uh, I made a one.
2: I have two things. One, I made a 110 110- page presentation oh, yes. for a conference on AI investor trends, what they're investing in, what the numbers look like. So if you're interested in that, it's on benpar.com, benpar rcom You can get that deck. You can go look at all the numbers. You can find out how much more people, uh, VCs are investing into AI than other types of companies. Hint, it's a lot. You can find out uh, cool stuff about things like Mamba and uh, Liquid Neural Networks and all the stuff that I am watching uh, my own, so go to that one, and then my other one is go Lions. Shut up. <laughs> they are. i just for those who are listening a right now. It is. I got the notification. It is 21-7 Lions. Shh, so shh, I'm shh, sorry. Shh. No, I'm not. Who are they playing? They're playing the 49ers. Ah. <laughs> look, By the way. Look, yeah. there's one that this is just a good story. Also, I'm from it the Midwest. It is a good story. No, no, I, I
0: got a root. It is a good story. And if and if we do lose, which we won't, because we're going to come back in the second half. But if we do lose, uh, at least it'll be to a team that hasn't been in the Super Bowl since how long? So, God, it's like what the seventies. It's a very long time. I
2: remember like uh, it's very long time, which is why people they had their last time in the Super Bowl. They've never been to a Super Bowl. That's, That's the,
0: answer. the answer, by the way. They've never been. To a Super Bowl. So in that the case, Lions. you're right. I mean, but only if they win, not if they lose. If they lose, I'll be happy. Uh, $50 billion this year, past year on uh, on AI startups. That's kind of an amazing. Put that in perspective. Is that a lot for venture capital investments?
2: What's interesting is that 2021 was still just a hair higher in terms of the money put into AI oh, startups, just because there's so much more money in 2021. But as a percentage of overall funding, you know, one out of every $4 in venture went to AI startups last year. That number will be higher, I'm almost certain, this year in 2024. And uh, the real thing that moves the needle here uh, is more than anything, interest rates, which is just fascinating, no matter what you do, the interest rates determine how many dollars go into AI uh, or venture right. capital. And the interest rates are probably going to go down a little bit this year. So you will probably see more money and you might see a few more exits. Uh, It's crazy. Uh, There's a lot of predictions around how much it's going to increase GDP. Uh, Goldman Sachs predicted 7%. Uh, I think that is way too small. It'll be a lot of a larger impact. Uh, But it also have a large impact. I just go through all this stuff in that deck of like, where are people putting the money? I will say one other thing, which is, out of that $50 billion that was invested last year into AI startups, that's uh, a stat from Crunchbase, half of that came from uh, went to just 11 companies. Wow. Uh, and so wow. this is also proof of what they call the power law in venture capital, which is like the biggest returns come from a very small group of companies you invest in. And so a lot of the money went to a small group of companies, uh, but there's still fa- over 5,000 companies in AI got VC funding last year. And a number will almost certainly go up this year.
0: The AI analyst at Ben Parr.com. Thank you, Ben missed. It was so good to see you. Alan Malventano. The Fun to be here. SSD technologist at Fizon. and uh, anything else you want to plug
3: I don't really have anything else going on. Go to work for the NSA, kids. You see the world, and you (laughs) you actually you won't see much of the world. You won't see the world, but you see the
0: world's data, and that's more
3: (laughs) valuable. Thank you, Alan.
0: Always a pleasure. I appreciate it. We'll get you back soon. Thanks to all awesome. three of you. Thanks to all of you who joined us. We appreciate it. A couple more days to take the survey. We want to know more about you. If you haven't yet, twit.tv slash survey24. We do this once a year because we don't know anything about you, we're proud to say, uh, unless you uh, volunteer it. And that way we know if we're on the target with what you want to and hear and read uh, and, and watch. And uh, it also helps us with sell advertising, of course. Twit. But we don't reveal any personal information. Don't worry. It's not about you individually, just about the audience as a whole. Twit.tv slash survey24. It really does help us out. Thank you. Um, We will be back next Sunday. We do Twit every Sunday afternoon from 2 to 5 Pacific. Uh, That is 5 to 8 Eastern time. That is 2200 UTC. We turn on the live stream on YouTube right when the show starts and turn it off when the show ends. If you go to youtube.com slash twit. You'll see it there. In fact, if you sign up, you get a notifi- notification. Uh, of course, you can watch the show at your leisure or listen at your leisure. You'll find uh, episodes at twit.tv. There's a dedicated YouTube channel. And of course, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast client. We thank you for doing so, and we will see you next week. But for now, another twit is in this the can. Bye bye.